What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 144, presented by the Bar Room Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and this episode is a perfect square. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he could pie you a thousand places. Frank, how you doing? Did I miss uh, something about this perfect square? Uh, it's episode number 144, which is a perfect square. Ah, for some reason I thought it was 134. No, oh, 12 times 12 is 144. Yeah. Square. Well, that's why I was confused. How you doing, Tom? How you doing, Tom? Math was my least favorite subject in school. That was my favorite. Interesting. I probably should have gotten into it more. I mean, it is basically like you can relate it to sports or whatever it is in life you'd like. You can kind of turn math into a game. I failed to do that. I became a writer instead like an idiot. I like your background, too. Thank you. I have been scenic view. I'm in the hot tub room of Wisconsin, so let's go. Almost killed ourselves last night in this room, freaking dealing with chlorine and whatnot, but we're all good. We are all good, unless I pass out mid-up. Just just keep talking hockey if I pass out mid-up, though. We'll just take you off, and I'll continue it. I'm standing for the first time ever doing this show. I noticed that. It looks Um, like you're standing. I'll probably sit throughout the episode, but... I wanted to try it, you know, kind of get the blood flowing a little bit. I've done 144 of these things, uh, actually way more than that, because you still got Crosstown and South Burbs and Let's Go Devils. I've probably recorded close to a thousand episodes of programming. Never stood up for any of it. How does it feel? You feel a little more alive. My neck's starting to hurt already, though. That's my only thing I'm worried about, because I'm looking down. It's not the greatest posture looking at the screen while standing up. No, I think after a while it'll get annoying. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if I'm sitting down even by the end of the first period. Don't be surprised. Uh, Don't be surprised. How many places could you actually pie? Um, what? How many places could you actually pie? Like, you know, pie? Yeah. Math, math pie? Yeah. What do you mean, how many places? Like, how pie? many numbers can you go naming pie? Oh, probably only till 13. Do it. One. Four. Nope, you're already backwards. What do you mean? It's 3.14, and then it goes like a forever decimal. Oh. How many can you name? I thought how many number squares could I name? Oh, like no. Pi. Oh. Pi. I just know 3.141519. Yeah, you're wrong. Isn't it 3.141519? You got one five right. It's 3.141592655. You sure? Positive. BP. Frank, I've been, it's like been something that I find funny to know for a long time. BP. Like a long time. I swear. 3.141592655. I've always thought it was 3.141592655. But you just Googled it and VP's right? Yeah. I've been lied to my entire life. Not just there. Right there, you were told the truth. We had a competition in school that was like whoever could name the most digits a pie you would get a you get like a prize or something or free lunch in high school that's funny i well i would have had a chance i probably like 30 or 40 it was insane okay then no i wouldn't have no chance but but i mean if i studied for it maybe i learned as much as i did skoke says dudes one of the worst days ever bedard out six to eight weeks and bear sticking with floose holy hell skokes we are going to address each and every bit of that in this show today. And Frank, we will start that in period number one. I wasn't prepared for that one, VP. I mean, 
I mean, what do you mean? I was leaning into what we were going to talk about in the show. You uh, really, you really think that's me just spewing off right there? That, I, that's that's the time where I get blamed for it. That was quick. That was quick. That's fine. That's fine. Frank, we thought this was going to be the biggest news of the show. Literally, like, uh, like if you were to ask me on Monday, what's going to lead off your show? Like, it is leading off our show, but what's going to be the biggest story of your show? I would have told you about the contract that William Nylander signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, that's not the biggest story that came out in the hockey world over that span, but it still is one of the ones we have to lead talk about. He is getting $92 million over the next eight years, starting next year. It is an $11.5 million contract. Frank, what are your thoughts on the William Nylander contract? I can't blame him. I can't blame him for wanting to stay in Toronto. It's been home for him. That's what he said. I mean, I can make fun of him for wanting to be in Toronto because they never win anything. So, like, there's always that. But when you go to the Maple Leafs at 19 years old, and you've been there for a majority of his life. I believe he said it's the longest he's ever lived in one place, meaning growing up, he's kind of moved to a bunch of different places. Um, you start to call that place home. And Nylander gave an example of that. He was talking to one of his buddies, and he just fluently, naturally said, oh, I got I'm going back home now. And he was referring to Toronto. So he said it came naturally to him and that he didn't have to force that type of response onto his friend. You know, I can't blame him for something like that. Now, William Nylander's career has been really, really, really good. His career year came last year. He had 40 goals, 87 points. That's nowhere near his full potential. I would not be surprised if one year we see William Nylander come out and get like 105 or more points at some point in his career. What? That's coming this year, dude. Maybe. We'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm saying no on that, but I think there will be 105 points at some point in his career. You think it's coming at some point and not now when he's third in league scoring with like 50-something points in January? Man. He could have a pretty – he could have a mediocre second half and still have 105 points based on where he's at in league you, scoring. You think he's going to get 105 points? If he plays all 82 games, he might get 120. That's fair. I'm I actually like, didn't realize he was on that much of a pace. No, he. I, I had a feeling that was the case. Um, He's at 57 points. So that's 57 crazy. Points. That's I crazy. Mean, he, he could go point per game the rest of the year and be at 100. And I don't think he's going to be at point per game. I think he's going to be above point per game. He's scoring goals like a ma- Austin Matthews is on pace for 70 goals, and he still doesn't lead the Maple Leafs in scoring. That's crazy. <laughs> well, Nylander had that long point streak to start the season, too. That absolutely helps. That absolutely helps. But it's not like he's been too shabby lately, either, though. I was watching him play the other night. Uh, who were they playing where I was watching? And he was just a madman. I forget who it was they were playing. It might have been – was it Ottawa? It was someone. And he is just unbelievable. I do think he's deserving of this contract. I think it will be a bit albatross towards the end, of course, like most big deals signed in the NHL or in any sport, but for that matter – um, he, he shoots well and he passes well. He's a dual threat. Um, I think the way he plays the game is not like, it's not super flashy, but he just collects points after points after points to, to your point. I think he will be like a hundred point guy in the future. I, we both probably agree now that in the present and the future, 
he is one of those guys. Um, I honestly, I could see this ending up being his like his true career year, where everything goes right for him. Really? Like, I'm not saying he won't be a hundred point guy multiple times, but I could see a bleeding into like the one twenties this season. He will have a year though better than last year in terms of goal production, and that that won't come this year. Uh, what I was last year's goals? Forty. Yeah, you he's don't right on pace to hit like forty again. Yeah, I think he's gonna fall short and get like thirty-eight and have more assists. Okay. Um, I also think another reason why he's staying in Toronto is because Austin Matthews signed for four years. I think that was a huge deal breaker. Because like, if Austin Matthews is off the team, do you have as much incentive to stay? Because then it's like, yeah, I could be the face of Toronto now with Austin Matthews gone, but are we gonna have that same production that we have? right now with Austin Matthews. I mean, think about how skillful of a team they have around them right now. They're going to be a contender for like the next decade every year. Like they're 21, 10 and seven. We make fun of them because they can't win in the playoffs, but I understand why he made this decision to stay here because they've been like, they've been, they've been lights out and they're going to be lights on. They're going to make the playoffs. Like I said, probably for the next decade, at least. Yeah. And like we say, they don't win in the playoffs, but like there are a lot of teams that kind of early in the stages of players careers, they struggled in the playoffs. They couldn't get past the second round. This, that we talk about Washington, St. Louis, Mm -hmm. Dallas is kind of in that right now um, too. And, but they're less fun to make fun of because it's Dallas compared to Toronto, but um, Colorado was in it for a minute. Well, Colorado, St. Louis, Washington, even the Kings before they got past the Hawks, like these teams, they can't get past the set, but eventually they do. Like, it seems like I'm not saying the Leafs will, but like to say that they just absolutely won't because when Nylander, Marner and Matthews were 21, they couldn't, you know, do that well in the t- playoffs. And you think about the teams they lost to in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Like who, who have the Leafs lost to in the playoffs in the Matthews era? I believe they were the first round opponent for the Washington Capitals when they won the Stanley cup in 2018. I believe they were the first round opponent for the Bruins twice and they lost in game seven by one goal, both times. Um, The Bruins went to the cup one year. I think they lost in the conference finals the other year. Um, They've lost to the back-to-back defending Stanley cup champion, Tampa Bay lightning both times they won the cup. And then last year they lost to Florida who was on this miracle crazy. We're going to go to the cup until we get our faces caved in by Vegas Panthers team. So, like, the Leafs are right there. They are right there. And Nylander recognizes it. He took a lot of money to do so. It probably wouldn't be that hard to take $11.5 million from any team in the NHL. But, you know, there are going to be people who talk about him being overpaid. Listen, Marner and Tavares only have two years left on their deal. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be hard to trade Tavares because of his age, and he's not as productive as an $11 million player typically is these days. Um Marner, if I asked you last year who's better between Marner and Nylander, you would have said Marner. I know for a fact you would have said Marner. Nylander's having a better year this year. But overall, they're still both amazing. They still both have incredibly high ceilings, and you get what you pay for with a lot of them. Once they move on from Tavares, if they get Marner extended again, you can use that money that was going to Tavares, $11 million, plus the cap is going to go up. That's a lot of money coming off the books. You can really make this Leafs team even better. And by then, Austin Matthews is going to be 28, 29 years old. You figure that's going to be when he's at the height of his powers. And I don't know. I like the future of this Leafs team. We'll see what happens in goal. But like Morgan Riley, 
he's been outstanding on defense. They have a couple other studs back there. Who knows what Matthew Nyes becomes in his career? So far, he's been real good. Um, I feel great about Bertuzzi and Domi. They're just both only on one-year deals. Like, you know, that, that, and they, neither of them have been as good as they were last year. So, like, will they extend them? Will they not? I think they might extend one but let the other go. I, there's a whole lot to do with that. But, I mean, I like this Nylander contract. We've been on it for a minute here. Um, but we talk about the Leafs a lot on the show. And another reason why I didn't get excited about the rumors of Nylander coming to Chicago, because that stuff just doesn't happen, and I believe it when I see it. That's fair. I mean, the Hawks, free agency. I mean, think about history. And some of the older folks that watch may, may want to chime in as well, because I'd love to hear your thoughts. Free agency hardly works out for teams. Like most of the time you sign a guy who hits free agency, and then he's real good, sells tickets early, and then for the second 60% of the contract, it becomes like you can't sign anybody else because this guy is making this much money on your team, and he's not even really all that productive anymore. Um, but the Hawks, they signed Marion Hosa. Okay, that's that's the biggest – that at that point in time was the, the Nylander becoming a free agent, and it worked for them. He's the greatest free agent signing in Chicago history. Um, John Lester second. Everyone thinks – Oh, the Sox fans going to say it's not John. Le no, John Lester second. Hosa won three cups. Um, but, you know, I, I do think the Hawks are going to be attracted to free agents. So I think you're going to be. They will. But you said you don't believe like you were going to believe it when you see it. Like a Nylander type free agent, I do think is going to hit the Blackhawks. See, I don't point. think like a hundred point player is going to come. Here. Well, Frank, a hundred point player doesn't reach free agency. Well, that's like a Nylander type player. He never hit 100 till this year. Wow. That's just good timing. And the Leafs, once they saw that he was on that trajectory, they said, uh-uh. Well. Like, Hosa never had 100 points. Tavares never had 100 points. Zach Parisi never had all these guys, like the big free agent fish from their class over the last 20 years or so. Like, they were never 100-point guys. Just, Close. You, always, you always hear, though, like these big guys, oh, your rumors to be coming here. But it never happens. No. These big guys never leave their teams. They always end up signing. No. Like Aaron Judge staying with the Yankees. Like, I mean, it's just always these guys are always staying with their team. Otani left. Yeah, but that was like he said he was leaving. Yeah. Like all these other guys, there's just rumors like, are they going to leave? Are they going to? No. I mean. No, that's true. And you know what? I believe if I were the commissioner, I believe you should get a discount on players you drafted when it comes to the salary cap. So, like, it allows teams to keep guys they drafted. I think it will make force teams to improve their scouting department and improve at the general manager position. If your player's total salary was reduced based on a certain percent against the salary cap. So William Nylander has an average annual value of $11.5 million. Um, if because the Leafs drafted him, only $9 million of that hit the salary cap. Mm -hmm. I like that. I think that is like a really good way for guys to want to stay with their teams and teams will want to keep their players because um, it'll be easier to manage the cap. And, you know, it'll be easier like teams. If a guy like Nylander does threaten to leave, well, the Leafs will have more incentive to pay him more because only X amount of it is going to hit the salary cap. Where like Tavares, you didn't draft him. He 
can't stay with you on a discount. He like his full cap it is going to hit. I don't know. That's something. That's an, idea, that's an idea I heard one time, and I was like, I really like that. Yeah, I, I get it. It'll probably never happen. No, because it's like it's not really fair in the long run, right? Like other guys want these guys, but you're getting a discount on the the salary cap. Be better but at I, drafting. But I but I also think it like it adds competitiveness if you don't have that in there. That's like, true. Like other That's guys true. are going to want to make you offers or big offers. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't blame Nylander for staying because I'd be the same way. If I've been somewhere for seven, eight years, however long he's been there, like I'd want to, I'd want to stay there. It's been home now. It's like, I love the team. I love the franchise. You know what I mean? It's like, I'd be the same exact way, whether it be Buffalo drafting me or Calgary or any of those teams, like you, you grow a bond there. You live there. It's home. So it, it's tough. I wouldn't want to go start a new life somewhere else. After like I grew up doing the playing for that team, they drafted me. It's tough. Like that's just not doesn't happen that often. Hundred percent. I was at Nylander's like twentieth NHL game. Um, he wasn't even wearing. I forget what number he was wearing. So he's eighty eight now, but he took eighty eight. When did he take eighty eight? He changed from twenty nine to eighty eight. I was I saw him before he was even 29. I forget what number he was. I could probably look that up right now. Unless it was 20 no, but it it was it was 39. He was 39 at the game I was at. And he went from 39 to 29 to 88. Well, he wanted to be 29 and then he wanted to be 88. Like he changed his mind twice. 39 was like that number they assigned to him when he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um but he was noticeable right away. And I'm talking, he had to be, he had to be 20 when I saw him for the first time. It was at Detroit. We were seeing the Leafs play the wings. It was the last time. It was the last season of the Joe Lewis arena. Um, I got to go to one game there and they were playing the Leafs and Nylander. They had made him like their, they had this huge sale at the trade deadline. They moved off of all these guys and then called up Nylander to take their spot. You know how teams do that? Mm-hmm. Like, you'll call up your top prospect after the trade deadline. The Leafs did that with Nylander. And I got to a game in, like, May or March or April. I forget what, exactly what month it was. But, hell yeah. The Leafs won one nothing. Detroit, uh, they they lost to the Leafs one nothing. Michael Grabner scored a shorthanded breakaway with his butt. And they <laughs> counted it, and it was one nothing. Um, there was a goal waved off though. So I get, did get to hear the Detroit, uh, uh, goal horn at Joe Lewis arena before it went away forever. And Don Burr says Detroit versus everybody moving up in those standings. As I'm talking about a game I was at where the Red Wings lost. Um, <laughs> and you know, you got Matthew Stafford and the boys coming to town this weekend. And I know, I know how this story goes. <laughs> Oh, do I know? Oh, do I know how this story goes? Matthew Stafford going up against the Lions in Detroit. They haven't won a playoff game in Detroit. Or they haven't hosted a playoff game in Detroit in 30 years. They haven't won a playoff game in Detroit in longer than that. Oh, my God. Detroit versus everybody. You're damn right because they stink. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) The Nylander thing, really, really cool. Happy for him. A lot of good Leafs teams to watch ahead. Can't wait. Um, Frank, the internet was broken. Was it Monday night? I, I can't believe it. Monday night? I think it was Monday night. The hockey internet was literally 
freaking broken. Really quick, though, Don Burr says, Matthew Stafford does what he does for 10 years, lose. I like how we're moving the goalposts now. Four years ago, <laughs> four years ago, you would have just said, Matthew Stafford doing whatever he does for 10 years, lose. Uh, and then he goes to the Rams and win a Super Bowl magically in his first year away from Detroit. And now we move the goalpost, though. It's only when he's in Detroit that he loses. Yeah, because they were great on the road with Matthew Stafford there for sure. He didn't throw for 4,500 yards with 30 touchdowns but go 4-12 and 12 every year. <laughs> that definitely didn't happen. Frank, Frank, Matthew Stafford being good with the Rams – you and Joey both gave me such a hard time for it, but in my brain, it was it, so annoying. In my oh, brain, in my brain, it was the easiest thing to predict of all time. Like I saw this guy <laughs> who had basically he had Megatron as his number one receiver, and that's it for you know the second, third, fourth receivers all stunk. The offensive line was terrible. The coach was bad. The defense was bad. Forty five hundred yards. 30 touchdowns every single year, and they lose every single game. It's unbelievable. And then freaking he goes to the Rams, who have a good defense, a good offensive line, good weapons, a smart coach with McVay, and they win the Super Bowl in year one. Oh, my God. It was the most predictable thing I've ever so seen. So stupid. It's the most predictable thing I've ever seen. You know what, though? Don Burr makes a good point. Golf season 12 wins. Uh, division something Stafford couldn't do. That is true. But you know what? I think Goff has a higher floor than Stafford, but Stafford has a way higher ceiling. Like, Goff is just kind of like a good quarterback. Like, he doesn't need to be flat. Like, he's just a good quarter. Like, Stafford is a great quarterback when he's healthy and at his best. Um, you know what, though? Shout out to the Detroit Lions, Frank. I mean, Let's yeah. give Don Burr his moment this right, this round. <laughs> Give Don Burr his moment this round. I mean, the Detroit Lions were great this year. Yeah. Where do I have them in? I don't where, trust where's them. Where's my but they ranking were great. for this? I have them pretty. Where do I? I have them pretty high on my power ranking. I can't wait for when we get to that in the third period. Don Burr, stay tuned. I have them pretty high. No where spoilers I, yet? No, no, I didn't spoil anything, Frank. Pretty team, high. Is the like team top with high VP. Frank, pretty Frank, high. Frank, Frank, Frank. The the team with twelve wins is high on my list. I don't think people needed a time machine to predict my wow. that for me. Spoiler alert: They're not high on my list. Well, well, I actually ranked the team lower than them that I might pick. So I don't know. I don't know. Don Burr says I got to go troll the Bears press conference. I understand, my friend. The Bears are a dumpster fire, too. We ain't arguing that over here on Bardown. You might get people to argue with you in other uh, networks. Not here. <laughs> Not here. Um, but, Frank, good luck to the Detroit Lions. We will get to that in the third period. Um, hockey Twitter was broken. On this Monday night, I have never, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Now, again, the older folks watching might remember, I forget what year it was. I want to say it was the 80s, long before I was born, longer before you were born. There was a guy named Eric Lindros, and Eric Lindros was going to be the number one pick in the draft. He's this year's Max Celebrini or last year's Connor Bedard. And the Quebec Nordiques win the draft lottery. And this guy says, I don't want to play for Quebec. Don't draft me. I'm not playing for you. Do not draft me. Do not draft me. Read my lips. Okay. They drafted him. <laughs> they took him number one overall. 
And he's like, I told you not to draft me. I'm playing for you. Not happening. He ends up getting traded to Philly, oddly enough, and goes on and has an outstanding, I think he's in the Hall of Fame. Eric Lundjost for sure in the Hall of Fame. I know for a fact they have his number retired. Um, yes, he is in the Hall of Fame. He's won the Hart Trophy. Um, he was an all-rookie. He's won the Pearson. He was a two-time All-Star. Um, he was named as one of the NHL's 100 greatest players during the centennial season. He didn't want to play for Quebec. Now the tables have turned a little bit 40 years later. Here we are in 2024. And Cutter, it was actually in 2022 when he said it for the first time. Cutter Gauthier, Boston College superstar, led Team USA in scoring two weeks ago en route to the gold medal. Sick goals. Flyers prospect. Oh, everyone's so excited. He's going to play with Michkov and Bobby Orbrink. Oh, it's going to be great. And then he's like, no, nah, I don't want to play for Philly. I grew up a Penguins fan. Sidney Crosby was my idol. I do not want to play for Philly. Is this funny. is all behind closed doors, though. We don't know. Frank, we never in a million years thought Cutter Gauthier was playing for any other team than the Philadelphia Flyers. I still we, don't agree with it. We've, we've talked about this kid. I don't agree with it either, but we've talked about this kid on this show many times, especially yeah. over the last month. He was outstanding for Team USA. Every time he scored, I was like, let's go, Cutter. You're going to fill the devil's net as a Flyers goal scorer for 100 years and make my life hell. But hell yeah, in this moment. Actually, he's only going to play against the Devils twice a year unless they meet in the Stanley Cup final because he is now a member of the Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks traded Jamie Drysdale, electric factory young defenseman, dominated the World Juniors. We remember him playing for Canada in 2021, I want to say it was, or 2020. Um, he also went to Boston College, oddly enough. Um, now he's in the show. Been a little hurt the last year. He got in 10 games so far this year, though. Five points on the blue line. He goes to Philly. Philly also gets a second-round pick. That makes me think that both organizations view Cutter Gauthier as more valuable than Jamie Drysdale, the fact that the second went back to Philly. But Jamie Drysdale, he's an impressive defenseman. I think the injury is what makes Gauthier considered a higher-value young player. Um, but, I mean, a 21-year-old defenseman who skates like the wind and can pass through seams – sign any team up for a Jamie Drysdale any day of the week. Oh, would the Hawks love to have a Jamie Drysdale for their future? But he goes to Philly, and then hockey Twitter's broke. I said it like four times. I'll let Frankie, I'll let Frankie speak. Don't worry, Frankie fans. Um, Keith Jones comes out and shits on him. Danny Briere comes out, shits on him. John Tortorella even makes fun of him a little bit in the post-game press conference. He said he didn't even want to talk about him. They're playing the Pittsburgh Penguins while all of this is going on. The team that Gautier grew up cheering for. And, you know, even some of the media, Scott Hartnell, all-time, not all-time great flyer, but flyer fan favorite, certainly. When Scott Hartnell was on the Flyers, that was like, you know, I'm pretty sure he had a stint with the Blue Jackets, I remember. I want to say he played for one more team. I can't remember where else, though. Definitely was like a fan. He was a flyer. He does their post-game shows now. He's their version of uh, Charlie Romeliotis or whatever. I know Romeliotis is more of a reporter and Hartnell's a former player, but you get my point. Um, he's on the pre- and post-game show, NBC Sports Philly. Shits on Gautier. Frank, I want to know from your brain, how you took in this marvelous 
hockey moment in terms of social media and fun. You you can't let it happen. This trade can't happen. Like it's just unbelievable that it did. Gauthier absolutely fantastic in the World Juniors this year. Absolutely fantastic at Boston College. Guy's got 23 points in 17 games with BC this season. He was named best forward at the World Junior Championship where he had 12 points in seven games. He helped the U.S. win a gold medal. Now, Breer made a dumb comment. I, I got to get this out of the way. A very dumb comment. I get. I, I know why he made the comment, because they were going to trade him. But it's just very dumb. Because he, he said this was probably our – or this was our time to probably get the highest value. First of all, highest value. There should never come a time where we're talking about getting the highest value for Cutter Gauthier on a team that's rebuilding. I don't care if he said he didn't want to be a flyer. You got a great prospect on your hand. And the only smart thing he really did say was that he changed his mind. He looked at us at the draft and told us he was built to be a flyer. He wanted to be a flyer. Then a few months, then maybe a few months later, he told us he didn't want to be a flyer and he didn't want to play for the Flyers. So in our mind, this is all Danny Brer. This is what he's saying. So in our mind, at first, we said we have to protect them because if he changes his my mind again, and it's out there that he doesn't want to play, it's going to be tough for him to put on the uniform. But when we realize that they refuse to talk to us now, it's been months. He didn't want to be a flyer. Didn't want to be in Philadelphia. It was time to make this trade happen. Now, I don't know how Gautier could go from saying he wants to be a flyer and then completely flipping the script 180. There's something I feel like we weren't told. First of all, the Flyers are building a great organization. I think so. They got some, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in due time. Tremendous prospects on their team. Like you said, you could go play with Bobby Orr Brink. Uh, Mitch Koff, if he comes over, like you, you got some tremendous talent cooking and with a guy as good as he is, he could one day be the face of the flyers. I truly believe that, but Drysdale, in my opinion, from what we've seen, nowhere near as good as Gautier would ever be. I think Gautier's ceiling is so much more. You don't let this trade happen. You sit this kid down, you talk about it. I feel like the Flyers gave up too easily. They didn't do enough. Now, I get the potential that Drysdale has. Like, I understand. He could have been the face of the Ducks as well. But there's no way I'm making a trade like this, right? Like, there's something there that, like, we haven't seen Drysdale be that true star in five years. He's been in the league, like, what, four years, whatever, four or five years? We're, like, I feel like in Gautier's first season, he's going to be one of the best players in the NHL in terms of rookies in his first year. Like, I, I don't know. There's just, there's something about this, like that just doesn't make sense. I don't think we got the full story. Honestly. I'm sorry. I can't. That's not what I thought you meant when you said you disagree. We don't have the full story. He refused to meet with them at the world juniors. He said, I don't even want to speak to you. That we, you there's, there's have something to that trade happened. There's something maybe that, that, okay. That could be. They they need to sit down. I I think he didn't want to play for Torts, and he doesn't want to be part of a like a rookie GM. I I just think there's there was some bad talk that happened that we don't know about, and I think Gautier is a fraud. Wow. Yeah. That's I crazy. do. I think he's going to be great in the league. Yeah, but he's a fraud. 
Sorry. Well, I, I I disagree. He is a complete fraud. He told the Flyers he, he was built to be, and then all of a sudden he tells them he doesn't want to be a Flyer. And he won't meet with them at the World Junior. This is not made up. He did. This is Elliot Friedman. This is Pierre LeBron. He said, I don't want to even speak to the Flyers while I'm at. Get them away from me. Don't even. Yeah. I don't even want to speak to them. You have to trade him before that word gets out. If that word gets out, you know what they're getting for Gautier in a trade? A fifth. Maybe Anaheim's like sixth best prospect. Instead, they got Drysdale and a second. Drysdale at 20 years old at 36 points. You are out of your mind. I think he is god-awful. That's crazy, Todd. He's going to be a bust. In two years from now, we're going to be on this podcast, and you'll be like, yeah, I guess he wasn't what I thought he was. He had 32 points. I don't care. I I looked at his stats. At 19. I know. I don't care. I think he's a bust. You just you just got done saying he might be good. Like, wh- where did no? This I said from? I get his potential. Like, I get like his, why everybody hypes over him. Like, I get it. He, he's a bust. He's trust me. Gautier will have a more successful career. I'm not going to argue with that. You, it's just something you can't let happen. You, you had happen. you had to trade Gautier. The fact that it took this long, they tried to move him to Montreal for pick five. This is from Elliot Free. I listen to 32 Thoughts a lot. Um, They tried to move him to Montreal at the draft last year. They wanted to move. They were going to trade him for the fifth overall pick and draft Michkov fifth and take somebody else at seventh or take somebody else at five guaranteeing that Meechkov fell to seventh because they knew Arizona wasn't going to take him or whatever. There's some kind of story about mm-hmm. that. You, if he tells you, if he don't even want to look at you, <laughs> you have to get him out of there as fast as possible. And Keith Jones said it best. If you don't want to be a flyer, you're not going to be a flyer. Dude, I don't like the flyers. What the hell? I'm a devil's fan. I hope the flyers lose every game. Mostly. You know, I cheer them on for our friend Dylan, who's a diehard fan and deserves sports happiness from one of his damn teams. The other two don't give it to him. Um, they they had to get this deal done, dude. With with Tortorella's coaching and the way the Flyers play, I think Drysdale's a beast. His his ceiling is through the roof. I was stunned when Ottawa took Sanderson over Drysdale in the draft. Now, Sanderson's a really good player. I don't know who I'd rather have right now. But if this kid can stay healthy, listen, I think it is. it sucks for the Flyers. The trade overall does suck for the Flyers. But I just think Gautier's a fraud. He like You have to get him out of there. He cannot be a part of that. Well, they, well, is he a fraud like in terms of his talent? Because no, no, no. He's like a joke of a kid right now, though. I don't get how anybody in an NHL locker room can respect him. You would have said that about Eric Lindros. I absolutely would have said that about Eric Lindros. But you know what? There is a little bit of a difference. Lindros warned Quebec. (laughs) He at least said ahead of time, do not draft me. I don't want to be on the Nordiques, and I believe I'm good enough to call that kind of a shot. First of all, Gauthier is not that good enough to call his shot. I get he's a grade A prospect. He's not an S-tier prospect. He's not what Jack Hughes was or what Connor Bedard was or what Connor McDavid was. He's what Lucas Reichel was. He's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lucas Reichel, a world junior like dude 
like highly touted prospect hasn't worked out as well in the NHL. That could easily be Gautier. Easily. I don't think it's going to be. Drysdale has proven way more in his NHL career so far than Gautier has because Gautier has zero. I just think we're hyping Drysdale up as being like this great offensive defenseman, and he's not. He had 32 points at 19 years old. He's done jack shit since then. He's been hurt. Doesn't matter though. I last mean, year, last year he got played. The game. He's still playing though. Is he playing hurt for the past two years? Yes. Last year he played eight games, and this year he's played ten. But the games that he's playing, in, he stinks. How he has he hasn't played in eighteen I, games dating back to this year and last year? He's got five points. Okay, he had so zero if last. We're gonna year. hype him up as a good defensive defenseman. That's one thing, but and, not, he's not and, a great offensive defenseman. Are the Ducks good? Is there no. a lot of help for Drysdale? Is he in a good position over there? No, he's I go don't to the think Flyers he's... and be a king. I, I don't. I I honestly really don't like the Ducks' future either. I think the Flyers have a brighter future. I do too. If I don't go, think he's going to develop into a stud, though. But that's what I'm, I'm. That's what I'm saying. I just. I don't. I I, I, I. I'm happy for the Flyers. They got the second best player out of the two, but he's still damn good. And I, I disagree that he, like 32 points as a 19 year old defenseman, like that's probably where Luke. Yeah, used that's been, great. Like, that's fantastic. He, no, don't been, get me wrong. That's fantastic. But even the year before that, 24 games, eight points. Well, he, he had one good year. season, but he had one good season. You know, like, are you going to look at Korchinski stats and shit on him? We're not hyping up Korchinski to be a great offensive defenseman. But if the Flyers got Korchinski, if the Flyers got Korchinski in a second for um, Gautier. Not only that, but the Hawks are way worse than the Ducks. So he should have way better production. I don't know if they are. We got maybe a bunch now of while they're hurt. Right well, now, now that they're hurt, maybe, yeah. With them being hurt, yeah. But, like, before that, no, I don't think so. Like, the Ducks were lower than them in the standings for most of the season. I think the Hawks are going to go on a free fall here. I mean, they kind of already have. They've lost six out of their last seven, and they should not have beaten Calgary. But Peter Mrazek stood on his head, and Blackwell made a couple nice plays. Um, But, listen, I like Gautier better as a player. If I could pick one guy to bring to the Devils right now out of the two, it would be Gautier. But if Gautier didn't want to play – if Who's a really good example? Who's their version of Gautier? Like Jesper Bratt? If Jesper Bratt said, I don't want to be a devil anymore. I just, I don't. I would want him gone yesterday. But isn't that different because he's already in the league? I think it, um, Jesper Bratt would at least, he wouldn't I lose all respect. Draft, it's like... <laughs> Well, Brat was draft- at least Brat has proven something. Gautier hasn't proven anything. Gautier, something happened that we don't know. Yeah, he. No, I, I honestly think he's like a management. Dork. Like fucked them. I think like we. How? We don't know. I I don't know. It's behind closed doors. We're never he's not even happen. signed. How do you just? I want to be a flyer. I can't wait to be a flyer. To so don't talk to me. I don't even want to talk to management. It looks something good on happened. draft night. It looks good on draft night. It made him look good. Something's gonna something may come out about this. Maybe, but I honestly doesn't think the, make kids, sense. the kid's a dork. I don't like him anymore. I'll say that. I don't like him anymore. I, I, I love his I love his future. Love his future. If he were in front of me right now, I would say, Cut. That was a shitty thing you did. And he would say, like, I don't care. No, of course. 
I get to go live in Anaheim with palm trees. Look at all that snow behind you, idiot. <laughs> like, okay. I don't care, though. I don't though. know. I don't know. I call man. it like I see it. Drysdale, his ceiling is high enough to make it worth it for a player that doesn't want to be with you anymore. Don't 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 keep players that aren't going to give it their all for you. You, you and you kind of watch the Flyers this year. I've seen them a couple times actually. They play so hard. They're they're kind of like lower end talent right now. I think their talent rivals like the Ducks and the Habs and like some of those lower teams down there. But Tortorella has every single shift be as if the Stanley Cup is on the line. I watch it. They win every puck battle. They beat guys to the net. Now they lose games because other teams are more talented, but they're in the race because of that. If you bring a loser like Cutter Gauthier into the mix, that's going to go out the door real freaking But quick. that's the type of attitude that fits the Philadelphia Flyers so well. What? Not Jamie Dr- Like a shit attitude. Like that pesky. Nasty. He's not pesky. He's like a pretty boy. Thinks he's got it all. Thinks he's got it all made. Drysdale does play his balls off. I don't like this VP. I don't like it. I, I that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion, and you may be right. I'm just telling you, I think Gautier is a loser. But he we both agree. Anaheim won the trade in t- hockey value. Yes, in okay. fran in franchise altering value. No. You think Drysdale is going to franchise alter? The, I the think getting Gautier out of there is a franchise altering move in a good way. Does it suck that they're kind of? That's fair. They're a forward down prospect pool wise. But you know what? They were kind of depleted on defense prospect-wise. Provorov didn't work out. That's fair. Um, you know, they really like this. Uh, now I'm drawing a blank on his name. It starts with an S. Um, oh, my God. Flyers roster. Sanheim? Sanheim. They love Sanheim. Love him. Morgan Frost, real good. Um, you know, just a nice second-line center for right now. We'll see how long Couturier lasts in the league. Um, Joel Farabee, good player. I love Bobby Brink. They um, had a great roster. He's obviously good. Um, they like Rista Lanen, but they really like this Travis Sanheim. I like he's Sanheim. 27. Oh, Cam York, 23 year old defenseman. First I forgot about player. York. In York, York and Drysdale are boys. Um, Carter Hart, 25 year old elite goalie. There's they, people like this Sam Urson, too. People say the Flyers have the best or the second best tandem. Not the best goalies, but the best one-two punch in the league with Urson and Hart. And you know what? The stats kind of somewhat support it. I don't know if I would say it. You know, I like their what a couple teams. I really like what the Islanders have too, um, with Sorokin and Varlamov. But how about the Bruins too? Well, the Bruins are like the clear number one. Like that's the team that I would firmly put that when I called. Um, Florida's um, up there. Florida is up there, and they still haven't even brought. Uh, Spencer Knight into the mix full time since his stepping away from hockey thing that he's got going on. And I like you know, Spencer Knight. We like him a lot, exactly. Um, but you know what? If the flyer, what if they trade for Zegris, who loves Drysdale? There's no. They way. said they said they pee together. But they got to get Zegris out of there. I told you that too. Zegris is out of Anaheim soon. Good. They need to. He because he's just not. He's not living up to potential. Philly, not this year. In his See, career. That- and his could, career that, that would be good then. That would make the Drysdale move even better. But right now, I don't like the trade at all. I, I mean, at, at 21 years old, Zegers had 65 points. At 20, he had 61. So, like, Zegers has proven he could be, a, at minimum, a second-line center. 
And like at 20, you figure a guy who's getting 60 points could be a hundred point guy. He's flashy enough. Um, I think it would work out for Philly. I think getting that loser Gautier out of there, though, is the best thing they ever could have. I would have traded him for a seventh. If if word got out and like I had no choice but to trade him for nothing, I still would. You do not want losers on your team. You want winners. Think of the Blackhawks, Frank, when they were real good. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves were obsessed with winning. They will win at all costs. Marion Hossa putting his body on the line. Nicholas Jomerson. Nicholas Jomerson would have taken a gunshot to the head to win the <laughs> Stanley Cup. Oduya putting his body on the line the way that he did. The way Keith and Seabrook were just so down to play 38 minutes a night if the game went to overtime with no hesitation. You need dogs on your team to win the Stanley Cup. Right now, to me, Connor, or Cutter Gauthier, not a dog. No, not a dog. But well, he he'll be great. Be he'll collect his points. He'll collect his points. He'll he'll be real nice. And then who do you rather have in the postseason? The VP's gonna flip the script on this who, in the future. You who guys, who you rather have in the postseason? Cutter Gautier. Who flip this. He's gonna be out of. You know who he reminds me of? Pierre Luc Dubois. Pierre Luc Dubois has all the talent in the world. He could be a first line center on any team, but everywhere he goes, there's problems with him. He gets benched in Columbus. Doesn't like Tortorella's coaching. Woo, sound familiar? Um, he goes to Winnipeg. They chase him out of town there because he takes ships off. He's lollygagging it out there. Then he goes to the Kings. He was the fourth line center yesterday in the Kings' loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. The four, the eight million dollar fourth line center. That is Gautier's future if I've ever seen it. Lots of points. He'll look good on the power play. He'll walk in. He'll be wearing a nice suit. He's got a good looking face. Handsome young man. Then when they step on the ice, maybe he just didn't want to be in cold weather. Pittsburgh, dude. I mean, maybe he's tired of it. Maybe. I'm tired of it. And he's like, all right, I just want to go to Anaheim. I mean, Anaheim, I would rather live in it. Uh, would I rather live in Anaheim than Philly? I don't think I would. Maybe in the winter. Maybe like during snowstorms only. I like big cities and the hype. Philly has a lot of hype. Drysdale's now in a top four sports market in the U.S., of course. Um, I don't I'm, know. I'm excited for it. Philly's gonna know. do him well. Does he make his NHL or his Flyers debut tonight? Does he make? Uh, let's, we'll find out on that. I just saw that the. Oh, great! I, I just saw something about the White Sox on my phone. I wanted to see what it was. Good news: Luis Robert has hired Boris to be his agent. Can that you? no Scott Boris. <laughs> I know Scott. <laughs> fuck! Fuck him. Why? I hate him. Why? Um, he's a fucking loser going like this to the crowd when you have nine <laughs> wins on the season. You're going to have less points. You got to love it. You have the maybe. least amount of points in NHL history with all these trades. And you're going like this to New Jersey child and you lose. You lose. So you got to love it. Though. Like, yeah. no, you. Freaking, that's a dog. That's a, that, <laughs> Frank. But see, now you're getting it. I hate him because I was on the yeah. other side. If I if you know if that's a game where I'm rooting for it's the Hawks, I'd be like proud to win. He whatever whatever it takes. You get me to the palm trees. I want to play with Zegras. I want to I want to play where I could go to the pool after. Well, shut up. Oh, we'll my see what God. happens. I I'm dialed in. Cutter Gautier coming to a jersey near you. I can't <laughs> wait for Flyers Ducks next year though. Absolutely interesting. cannot wait. 
for Flyers Ducks next year. That is going to be must see TV. I wonder what if the Flyers, what if Flyers Ducks is like, you know, one of the last games of the season and he signs with them beforehand. That'd be pretty cool. Let's see. What's the Ducks' last game of this the year? Yeah. The Ducks, oh, they, they're in L.A. on the last day of the season, or the second to last More day. More palm trees. Um, let's see. Where are the Ducks? VP loves some good old palm trees. I've only seen palm trees once in my life. Me too. Um, oh, uh, the Ducks The Ducks host the Kings in the second to last game maybe of the season. Twice. That's going to be the day Cutter Gauthier makes his NHL debut. This is... You think he's debuting this year? Yes. April 9th, Joey's birthday. April 9th, 2024. Dude's about the, to have a hat trick. When the Kings play the Ducks. Yeah, right. Cutter Gauthier is going to step into the league. And, and he's going to oh have, Col- have Kopitar on the other side. I'm sure he's going to be real tough with a that guy like would Kopitar. That so sweet. Kopitar and Doughty are going to shut him down so hard. It's I doubt he that close. one. But... <laughs> I mean, the, the Kings. Oh my god, yeah, you doubt it. That, <laughs> that was real clever. Uh, you know what? And I love the way Flyers fans on Twitter just fucking rallied. They were all in. They um, all hate go They now. all hate them now. You know what? I kind of hate them too. I kind of hate them too. You know, I always thought Eli Manning was a dork for doing what he did. And then he, you know, he he's a Manning though. So like I love the Mannings. I love Peyton, but you know, and he beat Tom in the Super Bowl twice. Uh, so I always kind of hated him just a little bit. Like, you know, Eli Manning did the same shit. You know, the Chargers had the number one pick, the Giants had the number two pick. They swapped with each other. The Chargers ended up taking Phil Rivers and they moved off Drew Brees. And uh, what a joke. You do not choose what team you play for when you're first drafted. You play your rookie deal and your entry level deal, and then when you, if you earn the right to be a free agent, you could be a free agent. I don't like the idea, Frank. I actually hate the idea of like lots of players starting to do this. I hate it. It's like the NBA, though. The NBA it doesn't have competitive balance the way the NHL and the NFL do. Um, notice I didn't say MLB because the MLB just matters if your owner's rich and willing to spend money. But like in terms of team building, the NBA doesn't have it the way that the NFL and NBA do or NHL do. Yeah, and know. if losers like Gautier start to come around too much, I mean, I don't think it's going to be the case because I think teams in the NHL will eventually start saying, you know what? No, <laughs> you know, but not Philly. They believe in themselves. And you know what? I believe in them. That's hard for me so, to say as a devil's guy. So what if you draft the guy? Like, they drafted him. And, like, what if they say, no, we're not trading it? Then Gautier, and this is another scary thing. Gautier plays college hockey. He's not a junior. Right. Um, when a college free agent or when a college player plays his four years at university, they can make it to August 15th or whatever the day is. Um, in August, it's free agent signing day. And this is how this is how Jimmy VC left the Devils to play f- or not, yeah, to play. Who did Jimmy VC end up with? The Rangers, right? No, I think v- no, VC VC was in Predator. I have it backwards. VC was a predator and he played his full years at school and went to the Rangers. Um, Will Butcher was drafted by the Avalanche 
he decided he didn't want to play for the Avalanche, played his four years at school, came to the Devils. And it was uh, who I was thinking of with the Devils was um, Kerfoot, Alexander Kerfoot. The Devils drafted him, were excited about him. He's going to play second line wing. Nah, Mm -hmm. I don't really want to play for the Devils. I think I'm going to hit free agency in August, college free agency. He goes to the freaking Avalanche. Yes. Um, The only first round pick to ever not want to play for a team so bad that he played all four years. Now, all these guys weren't first-round picks that I just named. VC, Kerfoot, Butcher. Um, Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes was drafted by the Blackhawks. He didn't want to be a Blackhawk. And he played his four years. I think it was BC. And he signed with the Rangers as a free agent. That's probably what would have been the case with Gautier. And if you're the Flyers... You can't let that happen, and you also can't let other teams know that this is happening because social media wasn't even what it is today when Hayes did it. Right. And, you know, Hayes turned out to be a real good player. The, um, imagine if imagine if Kevin Hayes just walks onto the Hawks in, yeah, 24, in 2014. They probably they, they could have won another cup or two or at least advanced being good another extra year or two. Maybe they don't trade Panarin or something like that. Like, it happens, dude. And if the smart organizations are the ones that figure it out, the Hawks figured it out, thankfully, because um, they just won another cop after it happened. Kind of made Kevin Hayes look pretty it just, dumb. It just seems so funny that the these guys that always do that always seem to turn out so good. Yeah. Go, Gautier ceiling might even be higher than what Kevin Hayes became. That's what I'm saying, dude. He's good. He's a good player. I'm... Uh, I never once wavered from the fact that he's going to collect his points. He's going to look good on the stat sheet. People watching this who disagree with me are going to send him his pretty goals. I just know, I just know you don't win Stanley Cup with losers. It just doesn't happen. And right now, that's he could change my mind. He could prove to me that he was just a dumb eighteen-year-old kid. Um, but right now, that's not what I see. I, I honestly, I'm worried. Um, thanks for the gold medal, though, Cutter. Yeah, for the gold medal, he dude. He did what he had to do. He did what he had to do for my fandom, and now I don't have to play against him five times a year. That's true, VP. You know, I only have to see Cutter Gautier. What am I worried about? How does that about? make you the, feel? I got the Devils. I know How does it make you feel? In, injury season, bad goaltending, but like their future is as bright as any team. I got Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer to worry about for the next ten years. You think I'm worried about Cutter Gautier? Those are real doubts. <laughs> Heesher and Hughes, those are real dogs. They get drafted. They know the team that they want to play for is the one that drafted them, not a bunch of me guys. They want to win with their team. Those are fucking hockey players right there, Hughes and Heesher. I'm telling you, Cutter Gautier. <laughs> Frank, well. we move on. Not really. This is going to be a discussion for a long time, I think. Um, I wanted to rank the seven Canadian teams because I was looking at the standings. And I was like, huh, the Winnipeg Jets and the Vancouver Canucks are the number one and two teams in the NHL right now in the NHL standings. I want to know how you power rank the seven Canadian teams, though. Are we doing this power ranking a little bit different than we normally do power ranking? Yeah, just say in order one through seven. I'm going to just give a little synopsis of why. Yeah. It won't be really because I just want to go on. You want me to go one to seven or seven to one? However you want. I can, I'll, I'll go one to seven. Right now at one, and if you could interrupt me if you want, we can make this an open discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably won't. But number one, 
They're not at the top of the standings, but I have the Vancouver Canucks. Jets have more points in the standings. I like what I've seen the Canucks output this year better than any other team from Canada. I know Toronto, Austin Matthews, Nealander, they've been electric. But I feel like right now Vancouver's the most complete Canadian team in the NHL. They have a Vezina contender goalie. Not not many other Canadian teams, if any, could say they have that. They have a Quinn Hughes is in line for the Norris Trophy. Their offense is potent, and they're one point out of leading for the President's Trophy for the most points in the NHL. So right now, if we're ranking these as of today, like you said, I have the Vancouver Canucks number one on my power rankings. Number two would obviously have to be the Jets. They, you know, they play great defense. Connor Hellebuck has been outstanding. They're on a seven-game win streak. They're 9-0-1 in their last 10. But the thing that worries about me about the Jets is I think they have the chance to fall off. I don't, they're not going to win the President's Trophy, I don't think. And because of that, I had to rank the Canucks higher. Three, Toronto Maple Leafs. Leafs have the league's leading goal scorer on their team in Austin Matthews. Uh, what is Nylander third in points, you said? I mean, they have a lot of players that can make dynamic plays. Um, now that they locked in Nylander for eight years, it's one less thing they have on their minds. They can just focus on hockey. They just need to stay healthy in the goaltending department. You know, hopefully Wolf can get back sooner rather than later. Goaltending for Toronto has always worried me a bit. I think if Toronto could have a guy like Thatcher Demko, then maybe Toronto would be number one on my power rankings for Canadian teams because they probably were number one preseason, but now they're number three. So we'll see if they could fix their goaltending issues or whatnot. Number four, I got the Edmonton Oilers. You could argue that the Oilers are the hottest Canadian team in the NHL right now. They've won eight in a row. They only beat the Blackhawks 2-1. to one. We didn't see that explosive offense erupt like we expect every game. McDavid and Dreisaitl were the only ones to get the goals. They need contributors, and they need goaltenders, right? They do have contributors, but they don't always contribute, and their goaltending uh, scares me. Stuart Skinner has been great as of late, but I still don't trust them in the, uh, in the slightest. Their slow start to the season also hinders why I have them fourth. Um, but, you know, they're in the middle of the uh, standings right now because of that slow start. The second half of the season, though, is theirs for the taking. This Oilers team's hot right now. They're dangerous. And when you have McDavid and Dreisaitl hot, that's scary for me. So I got the Oilers fourth. Fifth may surprise you. I got the Montreal Canadiens, but maybe it won't surprise you because I've really enjoyed what I've seen from the Canadiens this season. Sure, they're only a 500 club at the moment. But I picked them to be at the bottom of the Atlantic division and pick them with the uttermost confidence. The fact that they sit sixth in the Atlantic and probably won't even have top odds to win the draft lottery, to win the draft lottery says a lot about this young team and what the Montreal Canadiens are building. There may not be a lot to be excited about for the Canadians this year, but I think in just a few short years, they're going to be that feisty teams again. And we're seeing glimpses of that this year. So I got the Canadians five. Sixth, Calgary Flames. This organization, something needs to change with this team. This team is afraid to pull the trigger and go on full-on full rebuild mode. And why is that? Jonathan Huberto, he stunk since his 115-point season. It doesn't feel like this team has any sort of chemistry at all out there. I mean, you lost to the Blackhawks. Like you said, a game they shouldn't have won, the Hawks. I mean... The first-year head coach, Ryan Huska, obviously doesn't help the chemistry issues either. That can change over time. But I think the biggest change starts with an actual rebuild. 
Trade Huberto. You're not going to get bottom of the barrel, even though he's playing like dog meat right now. Trade him. Why, why are we continuing to try and rebuild on the fly with this team? We haven't seen this Flames team go on full-on rebuild in a very long time, and they're lacking. And I said that preseason that that needed to happen, and it's just not happening. Something needs to change. But for right now, I have the Ottawa Senators bottom of my list. The only reason why I'm putting them this low is because they shattered my expectation of how bad this team could be. I thought they were going to be great. I would have laughed at you if you and said you were on glue if you told me to start the 2024 year after the new year that the Senators would be the worst team in the NHL. They got a new owner, a new coach, new GM in hopes that this year would deliver better outcomes. Well, right now that's appearing to make everything worse at the moment, but don't get me wrong. This team has tremendous and great athletes, Batherson, Stutzla. They're producing. It's not like they're not producing, but their goaltending may be the worst goalie tandem in the NHL right now. And that says a lot. There may not be a team that needs more goalie help than the Ottawa Senators because of that. And because how poor they've been and shattering my expectations of being so bad VP, I'm putting them seventh as the worst Canadian team right now. How different do you think your list is from mine? I'm going to say not different. Not that different. Um, it's exactly the same. Is it really? Exactly the same. Holy smokes. Um, Ottawa stinks. I wouldn't think you put them higher at all. Like, but why they, would they be higher they, than Calgary the, or Montreal? Because they do. I do think if they'd play Montreal to their fullest potentials, if both teams play to their fullest potential, I do think Ottawa would win. But not right now with their their current like goaltending situation. But I do think like Ottawa's got the brightest future, brighter future right now. I mean, they got some really, really great athletes on their team. They do, but so does Montreal. I would say Ottawa has a brighter future than Calgary. Calgary, Calgary needs to start over. True. Montreal, they have all these outstanding. Their best player in the organization is not even on the team right now, Lane Hudson. Mm. He goes back to BU last night and has a goal and two assists. And the Terriers beat Northeastern in overtime. I mean, it's the exact same list. Are you kidding me? It's the exact same list. I put Toronto third. I wanted to put Toronto first because I think that's what I said. I think, I think out of everyone, I would rank them as the highest cup favorite. And I probably would even put Edmonton second. But just because I I love their high end skill, I think their high end skill has the most likely to take over a game. But you know what? Vancouver and Winnipeg are better teams right now. They just are. Preseason, I would have. Preseason, I would have put them. Oh, Vancouver, I might have put second to last. Yeah. Preseason probably would have went Edmonton, Toronto, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Montreal, Calgary, or Calgary, Montreal. That probably would have been preseason. But no, the the Flames, their future stinks. (laughs) Um, The Senators' future, I'm less and less in on it as the weeks go on, but I still think they have tons of young talent. You know, they're going to get Pinto back. They obviously have Kachuk and Stutzla. Uh, those are the two best players. I think uh, Shabbat is real good. Um, Sanderson, outstanding. I like Josh Norris. I like Batherson. These are really good players. And could they get a goaltender and turn it around next year and kind of be like the Canucks, like that surprise good team? Yeah, I could see that. But right now with Vancouver, the way that they're playing, same thing with Winnipeg. You thought Winnipeg would go like take a step back after losing Kyle Connor to an MCL injury. There are. I'm pretty sure they're 13 0 and one, or no, they're 13 one and one since losing Kyle Connor. He, they lost the first game without him, and you're like, oh boy, here we go with Winnipeg, and yeah. then they freaking their point streak right now is insanity. 
Um, I like what they're doing. They play hard. Um, they defend well. Elite goaltending. I mean, if the Devils trade for Hellebuck this last offseason, they'd be number one in the league probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly like wild to think about. And he stayed, dude. He stayed. He stayed, and so did Shifley. And look who at Shifley leads them in scoring now. Shifley took a puck off the dome yesterday and left. And then when the Jets scored in overtime, he was on the ice for the celebration. So I think Shifley's going to be okay. Um, obviously, that would be a pretty big hit if you lost Shifley while Connor's out. I mean, Connor's going to join this? Connor's going to rejoin this group? That's going to be awesome. I can't wait in Edmonton. They, they, had a, they, they proved to me why I believe one day Luke Richardson will win a, a Coach of the Year award, a Jack Adams. Because of the way the Hawks played Edmonton yesterday, I mean, my God, does Edmonton! It almost looks like they're playing a different sport. Like Edmonton is that much more talented than the Blackhawks right now, and they outshot them to hell. The Blackhawks held Edmonton to 15 shots. Edmonton won because Drysaitel and McDavid each scored a goal. Um, you know, if the Oilers ever were going to win two to one against the Hawks team that played better than them for a day, <laughs> you would assume it was Drysaitel and McDavid that saved the day for the Oilers, and they did. But I still think they're on the come up. They're there. I think that was eight straight wins. Eight. Yep. It was eight in a row. So they're eight two and zero oh in their last ten. And I don't know, dude. <laughs> this Edmonton team they they could easily be one or two by the end of the year. They're right there on the playoff bubble. I take back everything. And you know, this is the third time in three years that they had a bad start, fired a coach, and came back. Um, so I think going forward, if a McDavid Oilers team has like a bad October, I'm going to hold off on saying they're cooked for the season because that uh, you <laughs> would have thought I learned my lesson the first time. But like first time's a coincidence, second time's a pattern. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. The Edmonton Oilers are good. And they've lost in the playoffs to the Stanley Cup champions the last two years. That's a good way to get over I the hump. I still don't trust Stuart Skinner, though. I really don't. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I've been wishy-washy on Stuart Skinner for a while now. I, I want to like him. I trust him more than you. I trust him more than you do, for sure, because he has been real good lately. He's been an all-star. We saw this last year, and then in the playoffs. It... Yeah, but last year, first of all, he was okay against – who did they lose? Uh, it was the Vegas Golden Knights. He Tough series against the Kings in the first round. Um but the playoffs are a different story for everyone. So that is something they will have to get over is Stuart Skinner in the playoffs. Like, dude, you need to be good in the playoffs too. It's not just the regular season. But last year, even in the regular season, he tailed off after being an all-star. This year, it kind of seems like he's picking up steam heading into yeah. the all-star, which is obviously better. So we'll see how that goes. But you know what? I love talking Canadian hockey. People who crap on them for not winning the Stanley Cup as if that's some sort of achievement. Listen, that is not a way to voice your American pride over Canada. Because you know what? If you made it where Canadian players could only play for Canadian teams, they would have won the last 15 Stanley Cups. <laughs> okay? Like, the the U.S., the U.S., if all their best players were scattered around the other 25 teams and Canada just had to diverse all their players amongst the seven teams, yeah, Canada would have won the last five Cups. Could you imagine if that's how it was? It'd I mean, be kind of annoying. It's kind of how it was before the draft. It'd be the annoying. Mon the Montreal Canadiens were like Alabama and Georgia. They can just everything. Everyone's a free agent. Like they they can recruit them. That's how it was before the draft. That's why the Canadians were so good for so long. Same thing with the Leafs. The kids in Canada went and played for the Leafs and the Habs. 
then when the draft started coming in, it kind of depended on how smart your brass is. That's obviously the most important thing. You can make fun of the seven GMs that have run the teams for the last 30 years since they last won the cup. But like you think of the Hawks winning the Stanley Cup, oh, huh, another year for Team USA. This <laughs> this Chicago Blackhawks team, they play in Chicago, which is in America, except they wouldn't have won jack shit without well-known Canadian Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Corey Crawford, you know, Patrick Sharp, <laughs> all these guys are Canadian. Like, stop. Like, who who could win the cup right now and blame America the most? <laughs> um, I would say uh, I would no, you not Toronto. Like the most Canadian? T- no, American. the most Americans. It might be Boston, oddly enough. They have a ton of Americans on their team. Arizona, but they're not going to win the cup, right? No, but if they did, they would probably be like that one of those teams. Yeah. They got a lot of Americans. Isn't Connor Ingram American? I think. And um, Nick Schmaltz. I'm pretty Schmaltz, sure. Keller for sure is. I know that, so that's why they have a lot of American players on their team. Yeah, I mean, and if they won the cup, it would be them, I think. But. I do think Team USA has a chance in the next Olympics. That's fair. Now, Canada won the last two World Juniors, and US won this one. Everyone's excited because Team USA, since the last time we did best on best, was you had you're adding Jack Eichel and the Hughes brothers and the Kachuk brothers and Matthews and all these guys who weren't there last time. But also, let's not forget that the Canadians are adding Connor McDavid, Kale McCarr, you know, some of these other uh, superstar players, Mitch Marner, guys that uh, they didn't have before. Crosby, Bergeron, and Marchand are still probably going to be the second or third line where any old guys for the Team USA are gone. Kane, Pavelski, Parisi, those guys wouldn't make the team anymore. So, like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, though. I like talking Canada hockey, though. You're still muted. I didn't even know I muted in the first place. That had to be accident. Happens by accident. All right, Frank, we have to talk about all-stars in period number two. Oh, shit. See the mute dude, VP? What is going on? You make me laugh, brother. That's unbelievable. You make me laugh. Well, I'll be ready for three. You'll be ready for three? You think I, You think you'll be ready for it no matter what? No matter what. Oh, wow. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm really going to get you. I promise you I'm going to get you. All right, Frank, we have the all-star game to talk about here. Um, A lot of players, one player from each team named. You were over when they came out. Yep. And I was bitching. I was mad. I was like, you know, I'm so pissed off that there has to be one player from every team. You know what? I've done some deep thinking in the last – you know, week or so since it last came out. I think it was Thursday of last week, correct? Don't say you agree with it. No, I'm not going to say I agree with it. I'm going to say I get it Um, from a business standpoint. Because well, I, I get it. It is, at the end of the day, about making money and attracting fans and having, you know, every market involved, um, having every city watching the All-Star event. So I get it. And you know what? If a little kid from Chicago – somehow finds their way to Toronto for the all-star game and Philip Kurashev or Jason Dickinson makes them a hockey fan forever, then yeah, I actually do like that. I really, really do. Or if there's a little kid from Columbus, which is dominated by football, and listen, I love Ohio. Um, 
if they go to the All-Star game and they see Boone Jenner and that makes them a hockey fan forever and, you know, maybe they produce an NHL player one day or coach one day or start a youth team in Columbus one day, I do think I do think that is something that happens and could happen. It's no coincidence, in my opinion, that the year after Jeremy Roenick put the Coyotes on the map, um, Austin Matthews became like he was born and became one of the greatest players in the league. I think there is no coincidence there whatsoever. Um, it shocks me to no, no end that Illinois is now the fifth highest producing state in terms of hockey players in the country, right as the kids who were born in the meat of the Chicago Blackhawks dynasty were like get it being born and coming up and learning about life and playing sports. I find no coincidence in that whatsoever. So I do kind of get it a little bit. In it that sucks. aspect, I get it. It sucks. Like, would I rather know for a fact Leon Dreisaitl is going to be there than Philip Kurashev? Yes. But there are things to think about when debating over whether or not the way they do it is right or wrong. In that aspect, I completely agree with you. If it's going to bring more fans to the game, make more people fans of hockey, then yeah, I, I totally understand that. But in the aspect of tainting the actual league in the NHL, like statistics-wise, we could have guys in the future, because because this is so fresh, this one player from every team, I mean, it, it's only been, what, the past like six years, seven years that they're doing it? Because it's so fresh, it's like in a decade, 10 years from now, we could have a guy that's a six-time All-Star that never really deserved it, right? A guy who's been on a rebuilding team for five years, and he had 40 points or 50 points, led his team in scoring each year, rebuilding, and he's a five-time All-Star. Well, that's kind of like, come on. I mean, Eric Lindros, two-time All-Star, because he had to earn it, but he's in the Hall of Fame. Like, come on, VP. Like that that's to me, it's like if you don't earn it, you don't earn it. This isn't kindergarten. We're not passing out stickers for participation. So in that in that aspect, it sucks. It's like if you didn't if you don't have players good enough to be there, watch a Blackhawks game to become a fan if you're a Hawks fan or if you're from Chicago. Like, it's tough. It is tough. When I I agree. The all star game to me has always been tainted though. Like even going back 50 years, you can't use all-star games to determine how great a player was. Cause like Patrick Kane has definitely played in more all-star games than Sidney Crosby. And I would take Crosby's worst season over Kane's best season. And that means a lot. Cause Kane is a heart trophy winner and all that. Um, I like that to me, you just can't look at all-star appearances, just like in the NFL, you can't look at pro bowl appearances. Well, no, you don't. That's not the only end all be all, but it's like, being an all-star is an honor. Yeah. Well, that honor is taken away when it's one from every team, in my yeah. opinion. No, it's true. And you know what? Some guys like Jason Dickinson or Kurashev is going to look at it like, I did what I needed to do to be named an all-star at least once in my career. You know, and fair, fair or not, it is what it is. Um, but they are out. Uh, but now Bedard's injured. He's still considered an all-star, right? See, that's where I think it gets hairy because Nico Heischer has an all-star appearance and he was an injury replacement for Taylor Hall. But I think like they would have two all-stars. Like Connor Bedard still is a one-time all-star. You're still named an all-star. Let's see if it says all-star on his... Uh, well, I don't know if it's updated yet. Well, this thing updates every day. Uh, Connor Bedard. On Hockey Reference, it doesn't. Hockey Reference updates every day. 
No, I'm saying it's it doesn't say he is. Oh yeah, it doesn't say he's an all star. So I don't but know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure like that year Crosby didn't play. He was it was granted an all star. Yeah, they might have to put it after. Let's see if they gave it to. Um, I wish I knew what year that was for Crosby. Who's in but not hurt right now? Like that hasn't made an all star team before. Uh, Boone Jenner. Boone Jenner. It's not listed for him yet either. So we'll see. We'll see after if they put it for Bedard. I think they will. We'll see. I'm pretty sure you're still you were granted the All Star. I'm, I'm I, almost positive. I have a way to find out. I do too. The year Sidney Crosby was injured because he was he didn't play in the All Star game. Yeah, I figured it out using Taylor Hall. They do not put it. Taylor Hall did not have an All Star appearance. He had one. He had he made the team with the Devils twice. But one year he got replaced by Heisher, and it says one-time All-Star. That's crazy. Yeah. That stinks. It does stink. So they'll put it. So won't what, say you it. have to make the to play the game? I guess. You have to be an All-Star. I don't know. It's dumb. That's why you just can't look at it. The, it it's, more of a, it's more of a marketing event slash grow the game slash be entertaining. And you're a billion percent sure Hall made it twice. Yeah. That stinks. I'm a billion percent sure. Actually, it's stupid though. He made it the year he won the Hart Trophy and played. Um, he was on a line. He was on a three-on-three pair with Wierenski and Claude Giroux for Team Metropolitan. Um, and then the following year, he was a little hurt. They put in Heischer. It says the one time for Heischer. It's so stupid though. It is dumb. That's why. It, it, as long as people finally start realizing that the All Star Game is nothing more than an entertaining event for kids. And you know, just a weekend away. That's it's not really an all honor to be an all star, like it is in the sense of you were picked, but like it can't be seen as like uh winning a major award in the NHL like it once was. Yeah, um, I guess not. So, and I, I do feel that way about every sport really lately. There's a lot of popularity contest involved. Um, well, that's how the voting is, too. Yeah, exactly. Although. Most of the votes this year so far, there was an update yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. I saw it, yeah. I Most of the it. votes kind of match what is deserved. We'll get to um, it. I mean, I have the snubbed list and the players that could be. All right, so you, you can you can lay it on me. Give me the snub list, players who could be voted in, all that sort of you know, I mean, give me everything here, you got. I'll read like some top snubs, like William Nylander is one of the biggest snubs. Kale McCarr, Leon Dreisaitl. Pedersen, Marner. I'm kind of going in order of the the way the votes were mm -hmm. given yesterday, but like these are snubs. Like JT Miller, Brock Besser, who I said was going to have a breakout year this year. He's been fantastic. He's well deserving to be there. I think he's got that electric atmosphere to bring to an All Star game, give the fans a little bit of entertainment. Miko Rantanen, Luke Hughes, Zabinajad. I'm skipping over some names here. I don't want to read everyone. For goaltenders, Thatcher Demko. That is unbelievable that he didn't make it. Um, Sergey Bobrovsky as well, but I, you know, I understand if there's only one from each team, both Boston goalies, I know Joey was talking about how he felt they were deserved. Um, I don't know how many, um, goalies get in off the vote. Do you know? I think four. So one of the Boston goalies, probably Swayman is going to get in, but you never and know. Allmark, Allmark, he got hurt yesterday. That's rough. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Thanks. Cause I got him on fantasy. Um, uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens there. UC Saros, I mean, he, he's been okay. He's been good, but 
I understand why people want to see him in an all-star game. So all those names I I read, um, have all they didn't make the all-star game yet. But I voting closes tomorrow, I believe. And right now, like William Nylander and Cal McCarr, Drysdale, they're all favorites to be voted in. They're all leading. Thatcher Demko is going to be an all-star. So like you said, Sergey Bobrovsky is going to be an all-star. So we're going to have those players that were snubbed into the all-star game as well-deserved players. Um, Toronto, I'm surprised we're only going to get maybe three play- three Toronto players in Toronto. I thought for sure four. Yeah, me too. And just a friendly reminder, go vote in Luke Hughes. Go Luke do it. Hughes. Go do it right now. He's not the second most deserving devil, but it'd be Things more fun. Things are looking shaky for Luke Hughes to get in. but Well, I have 223 retweets on this right now. And if you go retweet it, it's worth two votes. It's worth two votes for each of those guys. For those listening to audio, it's Heesher, Hughes, Brat, Toffoli, and Meyer. Go Devils. Let's go. Vote them yeah. in. There's my snubs. Yep, snubs. Sucks. There are going to be lots of snubs when only one guy from each team makes it. Almost every single one of those players you named is the second best player on his team, but a top 20 player in the league as a whole. And that's kind of the price you pay when you have lots of really good players. Um, The league has more talent now than ever, where I think if you took two players off of every team and just had this mega all-star game, um, there would still be like a shitload of snubs. And... I think, if, I think if, if you were to take the top 50 players, there'd be somebody you'd be mad about not making it. Like, I wholeheartedly believe that because the league is that deep in talent. It's the all-star game. It's a popularity contest slash entertaining Just a, event. a vacation to have some fun. Exactly. Root for whoever's wearing your favorite team sweater to do well. That's the best way I'm going to look at it. And I'm not just saying that because finally I'm not sending Adam Henrique or <laughs> – the corpse of what was Patrick Eliash or, you know, bad players. It's like good players now that the devil send, but it wasn't always that way. You know, I, I sent my 50 point man. Uh, they sent Kyle Palmieri one year. Like, I think he was a hall injury replacement too. Once I think hall made it three times with the devils and went once. Um, yeah, that's the all-star game. Um, we talked about some people who made it. Uh, Connor Bedardi's not going to go. Who would you name in his place? It's well, close. Yeah. I, I wrote an article. <laughs> Honestly, you're going to disagree, I think. I'd say Dickinson. I put I Dickinson think, in the article. But I think you're leaning Kurashev. I don't care. I th- it's splitting hairs. One has more goals. One has more points. I'd say Dickinson if it was up to me. Give it make to a, Dickinson. You could make a – the third player I put was Mrazek. Mrazic's been outstanding, but they're, no, you, you're not going to send Mrazic though, because you know, like, better say better say percentage than Ottinger. I I understand that, but you look at some of the other goalies, like no, I know got snubbed. Demko's going to make Demko, Bobrovsky, sure. Swayman, Georgiev. They deserve it more than you're not sending Mrazic, even though he's been great. I know the well, format's cool though. Yeah, like four teams of eleven players drafted so like you're gonna it's gonna kind of be like what it was back in the day when it was team felino and team taves except there'll be four teams now but i assume like the teams because they're not by division so i assume whoever's the captain is going to be team whatever versus team whatever right yeah if what if jack's able to play 
if Jack Hughes is like the captain or something, it would be Team Hughes versus like Team. But what if else. three of the four teams were Team Hughes? <laughs> well, that, I, I guess that could happen. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. No, I don't think Luke's going to make it. He's going to fall just short. He, he is going to fall just short. But like he would make it as of yesterday, right? All those guys on that list are the ones who would have made it. I don't know because they gave like nine goaltenders, and you said only four make it. Oh, you can only vote for four, so that's why I assume for that. And well, yeah, because how many goalies one, made two, it? Three. Eight. How many made it? Not snubbed. Uh, not a lot. I could look really quick. Yeah, do like, it. All right. So when you Con- vote, when you vote online, Connor Hellebuck one, Shesterkin two, Talbot three, Ottinger four. Oh, only four. Yeah. Well, wait, but you, but only four more make it because there's two per team, right? Uh, you would think. You could vote for eight forwards or eight skaters online. And then on Twitter, you could do whatever you want. Top eight make it. Yeah, you're right. Top eight and top four. So 12 more voted in. Yeah, Luke Hughes is not making it. I'm sorry, VP. We're getting he, him he's in. He's going to just miss, but he's like, just missed by over a hundred thousand, or like one fifty, or even two hundred thousand. Actually, I'm gonna keep writing these tweets that get double votes for every retweet. Go retweet. What, what's the Go whole retweet. celebrity thing? It says celebrities and captains will be paired. Oh yeah, that's right. They're gonna pair a celebrity with a captain. It's probably gonna be assholes like John Ham and shit. John Ham's making a return, VP. I freaking hate that bitch. The captain, him and Jack Hughes are gonna be captains. How <laughs> funny would that be? I, I don't know if Hughes is gonna be able to play. The Devils might name Jesper yeah, Blatt. They might have to name Jesper Blatt, and then him and Luke Hughes could go together when Luke Hughes gets the vote. How because... much do you – I don't want to interrupt, but I, I, I want to know how much you hate John Hamm. Oh, I hate Oh, I hate John Hamm way more than I hate Real Hamm because I like Real Hamm. So you like Real Hamm. You don't like John Hamm. What if John Hamm served you Hamm? Would you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to really hate your guts to not just – um not enjoy ham from someone. So, uh, 1917 Western team had nine Blackhawks on it, just confirmed on the Google. That's insane. That is insane. Well, what was that one year where they made up the starting lineup? I think it was the first year of three on three. Because uh, the, 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 the starting lineup, the start, the starting was lineup was and Keith, right? Didn't they get a shift in three on three? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. You voted for the starting lineup or something. Or no, maybe, maybe it was before three-on-three three, because I remember Seabrook being part of it. And was Crawford too? Yeah, and then I think they there was a forward maybe, that wasn't Maybe a it was the year it was Team Taves versus Team Felino. Uh See, I don't think so. You're saying before the draft? Because that it was, was a after, draft. It was after the draft. Then it was three-on-three, because three. three-on-three started the end of the drafting era. Is that how it went? I don't remember. Okay, maybe that is true. I don't remember. There was a year recently where there were like six Hawks. It was pe- sweet. People were mad. Now we're riding with Dickinson and Kurashev. People were, yeah, Dickinson and Kurashev are the hope. People were mad. Well, grow up. It's like people getting mad about Call of Duty not being the same. Grow up. Adapt with the times. That's what I'm telling you about bringing one player from each team. I'm fine with it. I just don't think it's deserving. Like I, No, I, Frank, we agree. I like it. Like, congr- I get a hawk every year. I yeah. like it. But yeah, it's not deserving. I mean, no, the hawk that's going to go doesn't deserve to be an all star. And we didn't deserve one last year with Seth Jones. No, so it's it's stupid. 
I wouldn't be mad if I was watching the All-Star game and there wasn't a Hawk. I'm not going to sit there, eh, I want the Hawk to be in the All-Star game. And those teams, deserve it. those teams that are sending guys like that should just send former All-Stars that are having a tough year. That, well, that's what I mean. It's just stupid. Like, like would I'm you rather to... see – I'd rather see Ovechkin there than Tom Wilson. I agree 100%. I, I'm not like, going to just sit there and just whine because my guys aren't in the All-Star game. I'm still going to watch it and have a good time. Exactly. I'm going to watch Jack Hughes or freaking – uh, William Nylander takes some nice rips or something. I don't yeah, care. I agree. I agree. Oh man, that's actually a better idea. If you're, if you don't have like a bona fide all star, then send somebody on your team that used to be like all star worthy, like like Johnny Hockey. Them up. Johnny Hockey should be going for Columbus, right? VP. What? Just start racking up the all star. This guy's an 18 time all star. Just keep yep. sending them. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I agree. Apparently, Ovechkin asked to not be sent as an all-star, though, and they granted his wish. I mean, Nor- Normally, a guy gets named, and then he requests to not go, and then they get suspended for either the game before or game after. Um, but, I mean, you know, the all-star game has been totally, totally fun to talk about. I, I do think, though, that it's going to be a great time to go to period number three. That was awesome. That was awesome. On cue, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God. That was great. That was incredible. When I'm that when I give you a bean guarantee, I don't break those. <laughs> that was incredible. That was incredible. I couldn't have been more proud of you if I tried. <laughs> oh my God, was that funny? That was really funny. People who have been watching the whole show, I hope it made you smile. I was going to say, I hope they got as much amusement as you did. Yes, that was incredible. Now, be honest with me. Were you ready like in that moment or was your hand on the trigger the entire time? I was ready in that moment. I took my hand off a couple times. I'm like, all right, we're getting towards the end of period three. I got to get the hand ready. That's so funny. Oh, my God, was that funny. Mike's muted. Yeah, that's true. Frank, your mic's muted. Um, right. Frank, the College Football National Championship. Michigan finally took it. They are – I compared them to the Cubs of college football. Like, they were just that team that, like, always had hype. And then they finally, after all these years, got it done. Um, Ohio State has dominated the Big Ten for as long as I can remember. Michigan has two, kind of. But they went through a couple years of a lull before Harbaugh got there. And even when Harbaugh first got there – Um, Michigan State and Iowa and Wisconsin, those teams were even better for a long while. There was even a point where Northwestern was better than Michigan for a spell. Um, But Michigan, they got back to the top of the Big Ten last year. They couldn't do anything with it in the playoff. Um, This year, they get to the playoff. They're, you know, they're one of those teams that you kind of have a hard time trusting because they're not quite as explosive or as entertaining as a Washington who, credit to Washington, they they lost the college football national championship. No, they get credit. They've been no. un, they were underdogs in no. every big game they played in this season, and they prevailed in every I'm, single one. Frank, I'm not clapping for them. They they shoved it up your hoop all season long. I got a lot, and to say. and they they you thought they were going to get buried in the first quarter, and then it was 17-10 at halftime, and they yeah. were within the game. They had a chance almost. They they had a chance to make it close. 
I couldn't believe. I didn't think they're going to get buried. I said they're going to win. No, like... I'm saying no, 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 no. I'm saying how it looked in the first oh, quarter. Oh. It it looked like Michigan was really going to stomp them. Um, Washington got a stop after going down. I think it was 17-3 at that point, and they got a stop, made it 17-10. They were in the whole game. They were a couple drop passes. Penix was clearly injured for most of the game. Of it course. was a tough look for because him. I picked them to win. They were going to be injured. Yeah. Um, if you come out and say that they were frauds this whole time in a couple seconds, you're going to get roasted by me. I'm not I mean, mention the fraud word. They they beat they beat Oregon twice. You thought they were going to lose both times. They beat Texas. You thought they were going to lose. I did too. I and they care. came out against Michigan and they lost. And they're the okay. number two team. They're the number two team in the country this I season. I will. I'll clap for Michigan. Okay, and Michigan is the national Michigan. championship. Capped off perfect 15 and 0 season. Well, technically, they proved you wrong, too. That's fine, though, because I didn't have it out for Michigan. Now, the Huskies, they're dead to me. Like, they have it out for me. Not even kidding. I've gone against them every game, and when they finally gain my respect, they lay an egg in the national champion. So, honestly, screw them. They are are a dead football school to me. Hats off to Michigan. They faced a lot of adversity this season. We didn't even mention that. Like, Jim Harbaugh was suspended. They had to deal with a lot of off-season issues. There were talks about them. Are they going to get stripped of playing in the college football playoff because of everything going on? That didn't let them bother them, though. They won the national championship. Michigan proved why they have one of the best defenses in the country. They have a great offense led by J.J. McCarthy. And they got Michigan and Jim Harbaugh uh, and Jim Hardballs, Michigan Wolverines, their first national champion in the college football playoff format. Screw the Huskies. Floors back to UVP. They're dead to me. They'll be good again next year. Oh, I can't wait. But they probably won't be as good because Michael Penix Jr. is probably going to move I'll, on to the NFL. I'll take him every year or every game to go 0 and 15 for them or 0 and whatever. Understood. You're bitter. You're bitter. It's bitter. It's I want to like the Huskies. I like the color purple. I like Michael Penix Jr. Purple rain. It's just. Why? Why? Why do they have it out for me? Like this is personal now. They hate you, Bean. This has become personal. They hate your guts. Um, congrats to Michigan, though. Well deserved. Um, they'll probably. I think they have what it takes, Frank. So I don't know about necessarily become Alabama or Georgia. It's hard to become that good for that long, especially Bama. But I think if Harbaugh stays they could run off like a couple in a row. It's going to be harder with there being extra playoff games, but like it wouldn't shock me if they win another one. With I think he's going to I think he's going to stay. I do too. This is another one of those cases where we're going to hype up a big free agent coach leaving kind of like players like oh they might come to my team, they might go to this team. No, he's going to stay in college, I think. Mike Vrabel was fri- fired, maybe he finds his way to college football. That you don't think so? No. Dylan wants him in uh, Ohio State. Yeah, Dylan, every time somebody becomes a free agent or a available coach, they're going to one of the Flyers. <laughs> the only team he knows is not good enough to bring in good talent is uh, the White Sox. Everyone else, oh, they're coming to the Bears. They're coming to the Ohio State, especially his Ohio State. Michigan won the <laughs> national championship. How about clap for Michigan, Dylan? I clap for Michigan. No, I'm kidding. Hats off to them, man. That's off yeah. to them. I got nothing against them. I don't know. I think uh, you saw the news. Somebody. You saw the news about Pete Carroll, right? Yeah, just before the show started. That'll yep. be interesting. I, but, I'm not really surprised. Bill Belichick will probably be out for the Patriots. That's too. where I think Vrabel's going. Really? Yeah. They need a quarterback. 
They solidified the second overall pick. Yep. They will draft the quarterback. That is a 100% guarantee. I think they 100% guarantee. Not if they trade back. If they don't draft the quarterback, who are they who are they going with? Well, they, running... well, I think they could trade back if they're not taking a quarterback. If you're not There's no a... way they met they there's no way. If they you're can't... not taking a quarterback or Marvin Harrison Jr. and you have a top five pick, you should trade back. Right. Because so there are teams I... there are teams that would overpay. They'll give you their next year first, looking at you, Carolina. And for one of these overhyped quarterbacks from college. That's fine. But you're not running Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones next year. So what are you doing then? Well, I think it all depends on their situation. Is it Bill Belichick? Is it Vrabel? If it's Vrabel, I think they'll take a quarterback. I think if it's Bill, they take a quarterback. We're not. Why are we run? Why are we sticking with Bailey? I don't Zappi? know. I think if it's Bill, they trade back and look for a different solution at quarterback. I'm not saying they're bringing Bailey Zappi or Jones back. We're giving you the Dean guarantee that they will be drafting a quarterback in the draft. All right. I like a bean guarantee. It came through on this show. Yeah. Um, Frank, we're going to rank our NFL teams a little differently than we normally do. Normally, we just give our top 10. And There's who a lot we think here. is the power ranking. This is a lot. This is a big. Got 28 picks. <laughs> it is. Uh, our favorite ones we'll do like quickly. I got to be honest. I didn't like write a bunch about all these because I'm just going to rattle it off my brain. You know? Yeah. Um, you're going to get the I, raw reaction right here. Yeah. I figured you'd get like an explanation for like the actual power ranking, uh-huh. but for the, um, the fandom rankings of the 14 teams that could just be quick. Like I hate them. I like them. <laughs> I like them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, they annoy the shit out of me. Oh, they after me in gambling one year, you know, that'll be you talking about Washington in four years. Um, when they have the next generational talent and they're part of the Big Ten, Frankie's just going to be like F Washington. He's going to he's going to get free tickets to a game at Ryan Field between Washington and Northwestern, and he's going to go, <laughs> and he's going to wear purple because both teams wear purple. But his his purple shirt's going to say, "This is Northwestern purple." They, they um, hate I mean, I don't know what else to say. They hate they you, hate me, which is they fine. Hate you. They're not the only ones. But like, stick stick to your guns, though. That that's what they should tell you in return to what you're saying. Isn't like their job to make me a believer? They want they, to recruit me. They want to make everybody Washington believers. They stink. So they went 14 and one, and the game that you were dumb enough to get wrong, that's their fault. Yeah, understood. Because it was the biggest game of the year for them. Frank, let's rank them in order of power rankings, starting with number 14. I think our lists are going to be. I don't know, actually. I think they'll be fairly different. Eight through 14 are hairy, but like the top five or six, I mean. I don't think our top five will be the exact same. I think we'll have three of the same top five. Okay. Um, 14, you said? Yep. All right, 14, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Think of all teams in the playoffs right now. They have the worst shot to win. They were division champions, so they are hosting. Uh, they play the Eagles, right? Yep. Yeah, the Eagles, by no means, are they this dominant force to be reckoned with? Down 24 to nothing at halftime to the Giants. They've lost five of their last six to close out the year. They've stunk. But the Bucks, to me, is another case of me wanting to believe in um, Baker Mayfield. And you, the division was on the line the week before. You choked that game. Division's on the line against the 
the Panthers, who stink. You couldn't go out and just blow them out in that division-clinching game. I don't love their chances. I didn't love their chance preseason. I just think they have a huge, huge uphill battle. So, given their route, I'm going with the Bucks. Least likely chance of winning the Super Bowl. Do I do thir- Do you want one now? Um, I- yeah, you could give. Or no, I should. I should go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I ranked the Green Bay Packers last. Um, Jordan loves a dog. The Packers did it again. He's the best quarterback in the division. I would take him over, um, um, Jared Goff. Um, Kirk Cousins, I probably still would take Jordan Love. Kirk Cousins has been good, but you know we don't even know he's going to be a Viking again. So Jordan Love's the best quarterback in the NFC North. Thinking that Justin Fields is better than him is laughable to me. <laughs> laughable. Um, yeah. Absolutely laughable. <laughs> um, which, what a joke they are. They're keeping Eberflus. They fired Luke Getze today. That's unbelievable. Just an absolute joke of a team. But we're talking about their rival because they made the playoffs. Um. Yeah, I think the Green Bay Packers, I don't think they stand a puncher's chance against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, we're not going to – don't make your picks. We shouldn't – I shouldn't have said that. I'm not making my picks right now. But, I mean, I think the Green Bay Packers – there is one pick where I ranked the team lower and I picked the team they're playing um, because – and I'll explain why. Um, The Green Bay Packers, they just – they made the playoffs by the skin of their teeth – um, I like what they're doing. I think they have a bright future. I just don't see them as like a true threat to win the NFC. I really don't feel that way about any of these teams that wouldn't have made the playoffs prior to COVID anyway, because they added the seventh seed that year. Um, uh-huh. You know, I really feel that way about Green Bay. They're a good up and coming team, but I just rank them bottom. I don't think they're as good as the rest of the playoff teams in the NFC. And I feel similarly about this other NFC team that I ranked 13th, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I feel the same way as you do. Um, If Green Bay were playing Tampa Bay, I probably would pick Tampa Bay. There's a lot of players on that team who have been there, done that in the playoffs. A lot of the guys still left over from when Tom Brady was there. Um, They have a very interesting matchup with the team that they're going against. But, you know, based on the fact that they won a stinky NFC South division, they didn't really punch you in the mouth like they probably could have down the stretch when they had a chance to clinch the division twice. Now, I do appreciate the way they played in the second half of the season to even give themselves a chance. If I were to ask you on December 1st who you think is going to win that stinky NFC South, you probably would have said anyone but. The I Buccaneers, the Saints, the Saints and the Falcons seemed like the likely odds, and they were going to battle it out. Well, the Bucks made it where neither of them even had a chance to, um, you know, be the division champions. I do find it funny that the Saints were so close to being a playoff team anyway. Like, if, if anyone would have told me at the end of the year that the second place team in the NFC South would have had a chance at the playoffs, I would have laughed at you. But I picked the Buccaneers to come in dead last in the whole league before the season started. That didn't even come close to being true. So out of all the teams in the bottom five of this list for me, they have the most respect for me. That's fair. My 13 is the Green Bay Packers. So we have our bottom two the same, just in a different order. But I agree with you. Jordan Love's been – he's been great. He do, they don't – this team doesn't possess that, like, shock factor, that upset factor. It's going to be hard to go into Dallas and win. Um but the, the Green Bay Packers, they just don't have what it takes to win right now. I, I can't see them winning a Super Bowl with this team right now. Now, sure, in the future, if you build around love, you're doing things the right way. They just weren't that, like, dominant force in the, the NFC North division. It was just you, you just didn't get that with the Green Bay Packers. 
one thing stayed the same. They own the Bears with or without Rodgers. The Green Bay Packers own the Bears. That's just another year of sadness for Bears fans in that aspect. But I just don't think this Packers team is well-rounded enough to make a run this postseason this year. So I got the Packers at 13. 12, unfortunately, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, I haven't looked at the, all the lines yet. They might be the biggest dog of the entire wild card weekend. I believe they're 10 point favorites or nine and a half point or nine and a half point underdogs or 10 point underdogs. You're going to Buffalo. You're going to freaking orchard park at Highmark stadium. That atmosphere is going to be unreal. The bills are probably the hottest team in the league right now. Like no doubt. I mean, there were teams out there making fun of them for being so dead and how good they're supposed to be. And they really turned it around and to go into that atmosphere where guys are going to be jumping through flaming tables pregame. And it's just, you're also on Mason Rudolph, your third stringer, which Mason Rudolph, I give credit to Mason Rudolph. I like the kid. I really like Mason Rudolph. Just not going to win a playoff game in Buffalo. I just don't see it happening. So I got the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 12. I also have the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 12. Uh, they're a good team. Once again, they made the playoffs. Once again, they went over 500. Mike Tomlin's their coach. It's no surprise. But I don't I don't see them as like a top team making the playoffs. I probably wouldn't have guessed they would make the playoffs back when they fired Matt Canada a handful of weeks ago. Um, it's been an interesting situation as far as that's concerned, but they played better. Um, yeah, third-string quarterback. Defense is okay. The offense is not good. Um, I have them at number 12. At number 10, I have the Houston Texans. Probably the most shocking team in the NFL this season because I would give it to the Buccaneers, but I would act, I'm going to give it to the Texans, the most shocking team. The Texans were bad last year. They, they might have been worse than the Bears. The Bears beat them last year. And then that miracle Lovey Smith call at the end of the season in week 18 allowed the Bears to have the number one pick over them, and they traded it. They took the best quarterback in the draft. Listen, the only quarterbacks I definitively right now would take over C.J. Stroud going forward are Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and maybe Josh Allen. Right now, you can make a legit case that C.J. Stroud is the fourth highest future, fourth best future from this moment forward. Um, I know people who love J uh, Jordan Love or, um, you know, there's uh, Jalen Hurts, whoever your favorite quarterback is that I, isn't one of the three I named. Yeah, I'm sure there are some Trevor Lawrence. There are some compelling arguments, even though Lawrence was stinky down the stretch after his injury. Um, I, you know, he's just been amazing. When you have a quarterback that good, you start to get into the conversation. And they have a quarterback that good. If they pulled off an upset, I really wouldn't be all that surprised. I really, really wouldn't. Um, I don't think they're going to, but I, again, it wouldn't shock me. Um, I, they're great, and their quarterback is great, and that's the biggest factor to any power ranking of an NFL team, in my opinion. I agree, VP. They were your 11, right? Yep. My 11 is the um, Los Angeles Rams. A little lower than most people have them on their list. Um, I do think they're very dynamic. This is a team that's been there, done that before. They got a dangerous offense. There's, I mean, they got Super Bowl winning experience from a couple of years ago. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Sean McVay. They're all in a groove. You know, you got uh, Pucka Nakua, whatever his name is, Kyron Williams. This team's good. This team's good. 
Um, as far as winning this year, though, could it happen? Absolutely. I'm not discounting anything. They, they If I had to choose one of the most surprising teams, or one of the 14 teams like would be the biggest surprise, I'd probably choose the Los Angeles Rams. But I just, in my heart, compared to some of these other teams, if they had to go up against them, I don't know. I I probably wouldn't see them making a far run this year, which is why I have the um, – Joey's calling me now. He calls what an you, idiot. He calls you, and then he what calls What a me. moron. Do I answer it? Or put yeah, it on? <laughs> yeah. Just What's say up, football. What's up, John Barnum? What a moron. Honestly, he's just a dumb human being. He said that's a bad look. Could you hear him, VP? Yeah, oh, I heard him. It is a bad look. He's a moron. The dude calls both of us mid-show multiple times. How do you lose track of your days? You have a job. You have a job that you have to get in your car and drive to on days you work. Well, you know you it, like your job. It's funny because we're talking about football. We only talked about hockey for literally the longest time we've talked about hockey this season, I think. We're an hour <laughs> 49 in and we just started football. Oh, we're back, baby. You guys stink. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, Joe, who's winning the Super Bowl? Who's winning the Super Bowl? It sure ain't the Green Bay Packers. No. Coming from first-hand viewing last week. I don't know if you know that, Frank. I was at Lambeau Field for the first time. I saw your snap. Yeah, that was honestly a pretty That just I mean, goes to show he doesn't listen to us. He doesn't listen to us when talking about football. Why? They're bad. Are they? Yeah, but they were so good at one point that I find it hard to believe that they are just going to be bad. That is true. That is true, too. Listen, there's a reason I haven't named them yet. Philadelphia is a different ball game in the playoffs. I understand where yeah, you're coming I do too. from. If all of a sudden they're playing like they were four weeks ago, then... That's gotta be your favorite. That's fair. That's fair. So I mean, I'm not. I haven't been following it too much. Um, but I just to stick around. That's fair. I I understand. Anyway, I'll let you guys get back to your your football talk. Um, I'll call you after the show. Okay. Give me a call. I got some stupid stuff to ask you about. All right. Yeah. All right. Hang up. I'll talk Frank, to you later, Finish Jay. with your ranking, his stinky <laughs> football take, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my God. All what right. What a clown. No, I don't. So, I was at 11. I gave my explanation, the Rams, 11. My 10, cracking the top 10, is the Cleveland Browns. The Browns, I think, would have had a more dynamic season. Don't give me the – what's a dumb stare? What's it, your dumb look? 
the Browns, they would have, maybe that means it's your 10 too or whatever. I don't know. But the Browns, maybe, or not maybe, they would have had a better season if Deshaun Watson, Watson stayed healthy, if Chubb stayed healthy. This team's got a lot of injuries. And the, who's, I don't remember the name of their, their young, sensational rookie they brought in for quarterback. He's got like three names. Um, some Dorian Thompson Robinson. Oh, yeah, Smith, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. like that. He, he was like, apparently they say he's a quarterback of the future or whatnot, but it didn't work out for the time being. He was great one game. So they brought in Joe Flacco. Great experience. Guy who's got, did he win a Super Bowl? Yeah. Joe Flacco with the Ravens, right? Mm-hmm. Won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. So you got Joe Flacco having that um, Super Bowl winning experience. You never know. They have one of the best defenses in all of the NFL. And if, like we say multiple times, that defense gives them the chance to win on any given night. They just deserve that top 10 chance of winning the Super Bowl. If the Browns won the Super Bowl this year, it would truly be like magical because I'm pretty sure they've never even made it to the Super Bowl, let alone winning the Super Bowl with the current team they have now and the injuries. That would be insane. I'm not picking them to win the Super Bowl, spoiler alert, but they get respect by cracking my top 10 of chances to win the Super Bowl, just purely off their defense alone. My number 10 is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're making their debut in the playoffs on Saturday. Um, it'll be Taylor Swift's playoff debut, and it's coming to you from Peacock. You have to have Peacock to watch the game um, when they take on the Miami Dolphins on Saturday night. Uh, the Chiefs, the receivers drop a lot of passes, and Patrick Mahomes still threw for well over 4,000 yards and had a borderline, you know, top-tier season. And they went, what, 11-5? and five? Yeah. I mean, it's the quietest 11-5 and five I've ever heard. People think they stink because they're not as pretty looking as they have been in the past five years or so. But, I mean, thinking the Chiefs aren't one of the best teams in the NFL, to me, would be malpractice on somebody who talks about football's part. Um, they really, really are. I don't care that they got guys. If the guys don't drop passes in key moments, I think that'll be the question mark and what could lose them a game, but they still have number 15 and Kelsey's looked old, right? There's no doubt he's looked old and, you know, not as, you know, strong on his feet as he once was back in the true prime of his career. The same thing happened to Gronk. You know, lady was still able to make big plays in big games. I still think Kelsey can do that. Um, I have them at 10. And number nine, I have Joey's Super Bowl winner, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, listen, they were been in the top three for most of my season, and they've really fallen off in December. And yes, do I think the playoffs are a different atmosphere and they could decide to just turn it on? Absolutely, I do. They Their offensive line is getting old, though. Jason Kelsey is still really good, but he's not you know, he's not the best center of all time. Like he has been in his career. I think when he retires, he will be in the hall of fame. He will go down as the greatest center who ever lived. Um, but you know, the Eagles better hope that a lot of plays find their way to the one yard line so they could punch them in with the tush push. Um, cause I don't think they're as dynamic and dominant as some of the teams I ranked ahead of them. I have Philly at nine. Very interesting. Our lists are pretty different, but I like that because of our reasonings are different and why we have them there. Nine number nine is the Houston Texans. Now, I have them rated higher than the Browns, and I know the Browns blew them out back in Houston in Week 16, but that was without C.J. Stroud. With C.J. Stroud back, this team is dynamic. What's, I, I don't like the little looks you get. I'm just going to put up a square when I talk so I don't get distracted by your dumb looks. There we go. 
I know with CJ Stroud back, this team is dynamic. He's a game changer. But the issue I have with the Texans is their consistency of their defense. You know, against the Colts, they didn't look. I mean, I thought the Colts. Now you're just distracting me even more. What are you doing? Um, against the Colts, I honestly thought the Colts could steal that game away. And that says a lot about how well I think the Texans are, yet I thought they may have lost that game because the Colts beat them early in the year. It's tough to beat teams multiple times in a row. But C.J. Stroud, it's been dynamic. I think him alone being quarterback is a game changer to win any game. So I'm going to take the Houston Texans at number nine. Number eight, I got the Detroit Lions. I don't trust Detroit. I really don't trust Detroit. Um, besides the Cowboys, I think they may be the biggest frauds in the playoffs this year. Um, never really trust them. There's a reason why they haven't won a home playoff game in, what, 30-something years or whatever it is. Um, there's always that chance they get upset by the Rams. Not spoiling any picks here or which side I'm going to take. But, you know, I, I don't trust Jared Goff. I mean, I don't have any other reason of why I have them here. They're not bad. They're not a bad team. They finished 12 and five. So I'm not going to put them bottom of the barrel to win the Super Bowl, but I'm not going to make them overly high either because they're just one of those teams that showed flashes of choking this year that they almost lost to the bears. It's just, they had really bad games throughout the years. The teams are going to play in the playoffs are going to come with a different type of fire. I got the Detroit lions at number eight. At number eight, I have the Rams. They, one of the better teams based on expectation so far this season or throughout the season. Um, Stafford looks healthy. They got good receivers. Puka Nakua is outstanding. He'll probably be. Um, are they in the same conference? No. I, I Is there – there is an AFC and NFC offensive rookie of the year, right? Not just one. Yeah. CJ Stroud yeah. is for sure number one regardless of what league. But 100%. For the NFC, I think it would be Puka Nakua. Um, he's just been absolutely dynamic and Stafford's love having him. They look healthy. The defense is good. And I, I think McVay's a top five coach. He might even be top one. Like he's in that conversation. I'm a big fan. Um, so I have the Rams at number eight at number seven. I have the Miami dolphins for a lot of the year. I call them frauds. Um, cause they couldn't hang with the best teams in the league. Now they hung with the bills on Sunday and it was a tight, close playoff game. And they didn't have, did they have Hill? They had Hill. Yeah. Yeah, they had they Hill. They had Hill, but not Waddle. No, Waddle did not play. If Waddle plays, play. if they both play, they're dynamic. Now, we'll get to a problem I have with the game that they're going to play this upcoming week. But, you know, I think they're a little less fraudy than I thought, but they're still a little fraudy. But there's no denying the talent it's on their roster. And I like uh, McDaniel a lot. He's so funny. He's funnier than anybody would think, too. Like, I remember when he first got hired. He went, yeah, when he first got hired, he went to the Pat McAfee show. And it was like four years ago. So the show wasn't what it is today. And he's the, they asked him, like, what are you going to do to like kind of turn this franchise around? Because the Dolphins were stinky for most of our life. And he goes, we're going to score more points than the other team. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's so funny. He's just got like this dry sense of humor that's hilarious. Um, I am a big fan of his, so I have the Dolphins at seven. Did you do your? You have to do the next one too, right? I did eight and seven. Who is your eight again? Oh, uh, Los Angeles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My seven VP is also the Miami Dolphins. 
for many of the reasons you said, if the offense go, or if Tyree Kill is triple covered, double covered, if he's shut down, this Miami offense is nothing. We saw that the one game that he got hurt and he kind of limped around. He wasn't the same, the same the rest of the game. I mean, his slogan is cheetahs don't get hurt because they call him the cheetah. Well, he did get hurt and he didn't look good and the offense faltered. And, you know, at the end of the day, they are frauds in a way. They haven't beaten good teams this year. The only good team in quotes that they've beaten is the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, that says a lot about the Dallas Cowboys because you know how I feel about them, but they, they haven't really gotten that big win. I believe you told me like after week eight, however many wins they had, they're all like combined wins of teams that had a record of five and 25 or something like that. I, I don't remember what week it was exactly, but it just goes to show you that when it's up for a big game, when the division's on the line against the Bills, I mean, they just they can't get it done. Their defense is actually pretty bad, and that scares me this postseason. But number seven, we both agree with that. I'm going to keep them at number seven. Number six, I got the Philadelphia Eagles. They're lower on your list. Joey picked them to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't go that far. But this team could look different come the playoffs. They have an easy path in the playoffs, easier, I should say, but nothing's really been easy for this team so far. The stuff that has been easy, they've made it way harder than it needs to be or totally shit the bed in general. But I do think teams like the Eagles or like the Chiefs do come up in big games like this and, you know, have that little sense of urgency. We, you know, we always say like with the Browns having that good defense, it always gives you the best chance to win. With the tush push, it gives you the best chance of converting big plays or the small gain plays. They could, if they, if you told me the Eagle, like if I went off the grid till the end of February and knew nothing about sports, like, like the big brother house where you have no phone or something like that. And I, in February 26th, I came out and you, you're like, VP, or you told me, you're like, Frank, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I'd be like, okay, I'm not surprised. I'm not going to be like, they did. Like, I'd be like, okay, yeah, it kind of makes sense. So for that reason, I got him at number six. That makes sense. That makes sense. At number six, I have the Detroit Lions. <clears throat> I am very wishy-washy on their playoff game, but I think based on what they've done this season and how they've looked all year, um, first 12-win team Lions I've ever seen, uh, first division NFC North division winning Lions I've ever seen. They deserve my respect. I'm giving it to them. They're the number six. I like the coach. I like the quarterback. I have the good defense. Um, this guy on defense, Hutchison, mm-hmm. he is unbelievable. Just absolutely unbelievable. Um, He's great. Complete game wrecker out there. Um, they have good receivers. They are well coached. I like MCDC a lot. He going to go out there and he going to fight for his boys. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes a good coach like that, he galvanizes the troops. The Detroit Lions have been galvanized all season long. The NFC North was better than people initially prognosticated before the season started. The Bears are one of the better last place teams in the league this year. I still think they're a joke of a franchise which how, with how they're handling things going forward, and they're probably going to F it all up again. But the NFC North was good this year. Mm-hmm. And – the Detroit Lions taking care of business and never faltering from where their early season trajectory have them. I put them at number six and number five. I put the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys have kind of proved me wrong. Um, I think Dak Prescott is the best quarterback in the NFC right now. And if you have the best quarterback in your conference, you have a chance to come out of your conference. 
Um, you're going to call them frauds. That's fine because they have been frauds for so long. But I think as times come, times are to adapt, come with it. Um, and right now I don't see how the Cowboys can't be named as one of the top teams in the NFC right now because of the fact that they have Dak and the defense is really good. And Mike McCarthy started calling plays and all of a sudden this offense looks like it hadn't in years. Um, and he went like a decade without calling plays, which is wild. Um, but you know, I said for a long time, I hated the Cowboys. They're my least favorite team in the NFL. I rooted for green Bay over them in the playoffs one year, the Des Bryant game. Um, just cause that's how much I hated their stinky fans down there in Dallas. Well, let me tell you something right now with how putrid the quarterback play in the NFL has been this season. Dak Prescott has not been one of them. And I think it'd be great for the sport of football. If the Dallas Cowboys found their way to a deep playoff run, if not the Super Bowl, So I rank them at number five. Interesting. Number five is the Kansas City Chiefs. I didn't want to put them this high. I really didn't because of what we've seen all year. Like you said, they they drop passes. I mean, there's just nothing looks right out there. Patrick Mahomes just doesn't seem the just normal this year. But it would I feel it would be wrong of me to doubt Andy Reid and Mahomes during this time of year where they shine. Like they are another team like the Eagles, or if you told me they won the Super Bowl, I, I mean I wouldn't be I I'd be a little shocked the way they've played this year, but Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes thrive at this time of year. I mean, they're not on my Mount Rushmore to win the Super Bowl this year, but I had to give them a little respect for their experience. If there's a quarterback that knows how to win big games in the NFL right now, it would be Patrick Mahomes finding a way to win. We'll see what happens in terms of that, but I just don't want to look dumb. I don't want to predict like them being dead and then they pull Edmonton Oilers on us and then they end up making a run and I'll be like, well, why hey, that's a we... ricochet shot towards me and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I'll be like, well, why do we, uh, why did we put the Kansas city Chiefs so low? Are we that stupid? So I'm putting them at five little respect to them at this time of year. Love playoff football. We'll see what they could do. Number four. I have the fraudulent Dallas Cowboys. But, hey, I give them the respect they deserve. They're at four. They're on my Mount Rushmore teams to win this year. They are going to be home for a majority of this playoffs because they did win the division. They, I don't, are they, they're the three seed in the AFC or in the uh, NFC? Um, I believe they're the two seed. Two seed? Who's yeah, they're the, they're the two seed. So, yeah. So, they're playing long, Green Bay, who's the seventh seed for sure. So, that if they win their game this weekend, they'd have another home game. So that's going to bode well. They have a home game, any game they play, unless it's against San Francisco. Right, which would be in the championship, the NFC championship, if both teams met. Um, So in that case, yeah, I'm going to ride with the Cowboys and say they have a very good chance. They're dominant at home. We have seen flashes of life on the road. I'm not going to lie. Their offense has been dynamic on the road. That came against the Miami Dolphins, unfortunately, but – I don't know how much I could trust them because I feel like the Dallas Cowboys just choke in big moments. If they got upset, I'd be like, well, it's just another Cowboys uh, choking. It's like the Leafs of the NFL. But I'll give them the respect. They got a tremendous explosive offense. If things don't go well this year for the Cowboys, though, I do think there needs to be major changes going forward. But for now, I'll leave them at four, VP. Cool. At number four, I have the Cleveland Browns. They, <laughs> That's why you're laughing. 
That's why I was laughing. I was like, how the hell could he have this team that low? Has he watched football this season? They, they, and they might choke. If they choke, if I'll they stop. choke, then that's a reason why I had them that low. Yeah, I guess. And they're the Browns, right? They're in that same vein as the Lions, right? Or the Bears. Like when they, it's time for them to choke, they will. Um, this Browns team does feel like it's very, very good. They found ways to win. And sometimes that's key in playoffs, which has been something that I've enjoyed about them this season is they feel, they feel built to win in the playoffs. And they're going to have to go on the road because they were in the same division as the Ravens. Um, but, you know, this Browns team, they have the best defense in the league. And Joe Flacco has already won a Super Bowl and seems like he has some kind of like voodoo wizardry and bullshit magic going on right now. So, you know, sometimes those things don't mix well for their opponents. But as of right now, where I am at with my brain right now, I have the Browns as the number four team heading into the playoffs. At number three, I have the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, man, they've been on a heater. They've been on an absolute heater. Um, I made fun of them to the nth degree when they were stinking, but not because I dislike them because I dislike when people aren't truthful about what's right in front of their face and right in front of their face. Josh Allen couldn't stop throwing three interceptions a game and the team finding ways to lose, even if they were the better team overall. There were many games where they lost and it was like if a football game was 58 minutes, they would have won. Um I don't love the defensive head coach thing that they got. I do think I could see them being a team that like, how often do you see a number three seed or a number two seed? I mean, lose one playoff game and then fire their coach right after like that wouldn't shock me if that were the case, if the bills somehow got waxed by Pittsburgh, I actually would call it likely that they fire their coach. If they got waxed by like the, one of the lower seed teams, um, but I don't see it happening. So I do think the bills, they're dynamic. Josh Allen is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Their defense is good. Um, I think they could win lots of playoff games and potentially even be in the super bowl. So I rank them at number three. Number three for me is also the Buffalo bills VP. They are dynamic. They're on a heater. They are the hottest team in the NFL right now. I think they could beat anybody in the playoffs that atmosphere playing in Buffalo, it's going to be hard to hear for anybody that has to come in. I do like Sean McDermott though. I know you don't like him because he's defensive minded and it doesn't always work out for the way that this bills team is ran. But overall I do like him. I like his attitude that he brings every game. He is a true dog. Like you'd say, and who wants to win every game that play to end the half against the dolphins. He was irate that it was thrown inbounds in the field to play with no timeouts left with seven seconds. That's not, I mean, that's not his fault. If he tells Josh Allen to do something and Josh Allen reverts or if the offensive coordinator tells him to do something or not, that's not his fault. But this team as an overall, I think going into Buffalo is one of the hardest places to win. It's like going at into T-Mobile arena in the NHL and winning at the fortress or stuff like that. It's, it's a loud atmosphere. It's going to be cold. The bills are in their weather. Not only that, but man, this team is just, I forgot what I was going to say. Just like on the spot, but this Bills team. <laughs> Listen, you were just you, you, you get my just, raw reaction of it when I got nothing written down for it. You I wanted to do my raw. You were just like going off. It's it's your <laughs> team in the playoffs. They're going to be the team you rank number one in a couple of minutes when we rank our them by our bias. So I mean, you just were basically spewing all over the place about yeah. the Bills. I just it's the Bills, man. I want to put them one, but can't. Because you put who at number two? 
Number two, San Francisco 49ers. Man, the 49ers, VP, they don't have the elite quarterback, but they got an elite offense and elite defense, and Brock Purdy is good enough to win a Super Bowl. They have that quarterback that is good enough to win a Super Bowl. They're, they had their ups and downs. That three-game losing streak in the middle of the season, I think, was the best thing that could happen to them. I, it, it helped them a lot more than it hurt them, actually, in the long run, and they still managed to get a bye and be the number one seed in the NFC, so good for them. We'll see what happens. They're going to be a tough team to beat. They're going to be a tough team to beat. They're going to be fun to watch, I think, and as long as Brock Purdy stays healthy, they have a very good chance of going to the Super Bowl. I I couldn't agree more. I also ranked them at number two. Um, I think they probably have the best roster in the NFL. Um, if they had Lamar, I think they'd be one, and the team that's one would be two. Um, you know, I do think they're a quarterback away from being seen as that like flawless team. I, and listen, Brock Purdy, he might be that guy. I I don't think he is like this game breaking type quarterback, but they could win a Super Bowl with him, and they yep. just might. They just might. If he's the tenth best quarterback in the playoffs then they'll win the Super Bowl. Like, I could see that happening. Their defensive edge rushing work is real good. And, you know, I, I just like the way they do things as an organization. They always put their best foot forward to win. They made some acquisitions at the trade deadline. And um, Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds this league has ever seen, and I think that gives them an advantage too. Um, and that is not why uh, I think Brock Purdy has had success either. I think it certainly helped him and helped him grow his game. But then, like, why didn't Trey Lance work out? Why didn't Jimmy G work out? Like, sure. you know, there are all sorts of things. Like, you know, Bill Belichick made Tom Brady. Well, yeah, Bill Belichick helped Tom Brady in every way, but every other quarterback Bill Belichick ever had failed. Um, so, and spare me the one season of Matt Castle having a good year with everything Tom Brady left behind for him, including Randy Moss. Um but yeah, I have them at number two. And number one, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar and company with John Harbaugh, or Jim Harbaugh, excuse me. Um, he's looking to be the next Harbaugh to add a championship to his resume this se uh, season. So we'll see if the Ravens are able to get it done. They are the best team, I think, overall, because the quarterback is a position, and it's a very important position, so a lot of stock is put in it. That's the tiebreaker for me when you put them up against the San Francisco 49ers. But as of right now, I have them as the number one team in the league. I do as well. They're number one, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I I think they're number one on a lot of people's list. I think many people watching or listening are going to agree with us. The Ravens, they're just, they're incredible. They're so, like, like elite offense, elite quarterback, elite defense, top three. It's just, it's unbelievable how well the Ravens are. And it's like, when you think you're going to get to Lamar, he just uses his speed and his legs to get out of situations that, not many other quarterbacks, if any, in the NFL can do. And right now they're the clear favorite to win. But, VP, let me tell you something. The favorites don't always win. The favorites don't always win. You want the breaking news now or later? Right now. Alabama legendary head coach Nick Saban is retiring after six national title career at Alabama. Good. I'm kidding. I like Nick Saban. Nick Saban's good. Yeah. Nick Saban's good people. We'll miss him. Yeah. Um, I guess it was time. How old is he? Um, he's got to be seventy-two. Would be my guess. It's interesting because he could have went a few more years. He could have, but 
I mean, he coached great this year. He didn't have an off year. It's just, it's interesting actually that he made that decision. It's just like a life decision, clearly. Yeah. Um, spend time with his family, probably, and yeah, exactly. While he's still like young and young got all his year. marbles, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's very interesting, though. They have had a lot of success there with Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank, let's name really quickly. Let's go in order from fourteen down to one. Who we're rooting for, like your by your rooting interest, and you you could just go go all the way to one. Okay, I might say a few things, but not much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourteen Green Bay Packers. I can't root for the Green Bay Packers to win. Being a Bears guy, I'm not like screw the Packers. I never really liked the Packers. No, not choosing the Packers. Thirteen Detroit Lions as well. Like I'm never pr- gonna root for a Bears division r- rival to have success. It's just not gonna happen. I don't want to see the Detroit Lions win the Super Bowl. Twelve Tampa Bay Buccaneers just because I don't know. There's I don't really have a reason. I just don't wouldn't. I mean, we saw them win a couple years ago with Brady. I don't need to see them win again with Baker Mayfield. Eleven Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. No, get out of here. I don't I do not want to see the Browns have success at all. I do not like them. Number 10 Los Angeles Rams. Rams saw them win the Super Bowl with Stafford. Once again, I don't need to see it again. We we saw this story before. 9 Dallas Cowboys. Freaking this fraudulent team like I just have them at 9 because I don't see them winning. It's like I'm not going to get my hopes up here. 8 Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes, we've seen it a couple times. Not or seven, the Miami Dolphins. I, I don't have nothing against the Dolphins. If Tyreek Hill and Tua Tagovailoa win, congrats to them. I mean, I, I'll root for them over any of the other teams on the bottom of my list. So yeah, go Dolphins. Six is the Eagles. I don't hate the Eagles. They were a preseason prediction to get to the Super Bowl against the Bills. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I got six Philadelphia Eagles. Cracking out my top five. This is interesting. Five, I got the Baltimore Ravens. And being a Steelers fan. I'm not a fan of Baltimore Ravens, but I would love to see Lamar Jackson get a Super Bowl. If he got that Super Bowl, I, it's nothing against him. It's just the team of the Ravens that I don't like, but I have him at five because I like Lamar Jackson, and I love how well-rounded this team is. Number four, San Francisco 49ers. It, it just always seems like, I don't know if it's just me or a lot of people from Chicago. Maybe it's because when Jimmy G was quarterbacking, he was the Chicago guy. But it just, I've always had this pull towards the 49ers, like seeing them win, maybe with Christian McCaffrey getting a title or a Super Bowl ring. And just, I don't know, it's just something about the 49ers that it's just like, if they won, yeah, good for them. I'm going to pull for them in the NFC, depending on who they're playing in the AFC. So three, Houston Texans VP. I think it would be great if the Texans went on a run and seeing C.J. Stroud winning in his rookie year. They're definitely going to be fun to watch. They've been fun all year. I feel like if it's not the two AFC teams I have above them, I'm going to be rooting for them in the Super Bowl, that underdog story. I love a good underdog story. Number two, this was tough. I put the Pittsburgh Steelers VP. I got to root for the Bills, who are my number one team. It sucks that one of my two two teams are going to be out, which stinks. They're playing each other. I just don't. I just don't think the Steelers. They they don't got that chance this year. I, I don't know. I just there's something about this Bills team I really like. But I, I always love the Steelers. Don't get me wrong. If the Steelers were in the Super Bowl, I'm rooting for the Steelers. That's my list. Very good. Very very good. Appreciate that, Frank. Your list stinks. Uh, number fourteen. I have the Green Bay Packers. I'm just. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Your list is great. Um. 
At number 14, I have the Green Bay Packers. We have a lot of things in common on the list, which is why it's <laughs> ironic that I call it uh, stinky. Uh, 14, Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I'm not rooting for Green Bay. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Uh, I respect what they do. They're a significantly better organization than the Bears. They're smarter, tougher, stronger. Every positive adjective you could think of, they are better than, at, than the Bears. Um, doesn't mean I like them. 13, Detroit. They're the only division rival of the Bears I don't despise, but I'm not rooting for the Super Bowl to come through the NFC North if it's not coming through the city of Chicago. If the Vikings had also made the playoffs, I would have sandwiched them in between the Lions and the Packers. But, you know, Detroit, they're fine. I don't hate them. I don't vehemently hate them. I just don't want them to win the Super Bowl. And number 12 is the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, similar thing. They were the Cody Parkey team. I love Philly. I love Philly sports. I think they do great job there as fans, and I want everyone there to like all the sports. Uh, it's a top five media market in the country, top four media market in the country for sports. So good for them on that. I just don't want to see them win the Super Bowl again. At number 11, I put the Rams. Again, I I – I like the Rams with them winning the Super Bowl at Stafford in that first year was one of the easiest things I've ever foreseen, um, but they got it. Don't care to see them do it again. At number 10, I put the Houston Texans just because I think Stroud, I think Stroud could win like three or two or one at one at minimum. So like their time will come eventually. There are some other teams I'd rather see get it done before it's too late for them. We're not even close to it being too late for the Texans. Um, at number nine, I put the San Francisco 49ers. They're one of the teams that I put ahead of the Texans because they're, they're closer to it being too late than, you know, Houston, but not quite as close as some of the other teams ahead of them. Um, San Francisco is an NFC team. I've seen the Bears play good games against them, but they have never really bothered me. I've actually kind of liked them and appreciated them as like a stalwart team in the NFL, one of the more important teams to the NFL as a whole. So that's why I have them at number nine. Eight, I put the Dallas Cowboys. Would have had them at 14 three years ago. But my hate for them has evaporated a little bit. I'm sure it'll come back. Their fans suck. But the football team itself, I think, would be good for the NFL in a season like this one to have them make a deep run. Uh, the world needs to see good quarterback play again. The Dallas Cowboys will give it to you as we stand right now. And I apologize for every negative thing I've ever said about Dak Prescott. Um, <laughs> he had a really good year and deserves to be mentioned in the top 10 of quarterbacks and the top of the NFC. Um, at seven, I have the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, they're fine. You know, I appreciate the, how well they played. They're exciting as all hell. If they were in the Super Bowl, I would call it, hey, we're in for a treat because they're going to make some plays. Um, so the excitement factor is why I have them as high as I do. I have no ties to Miami or anything like that. Again, I want people in Florida to like sports. So I cheer those teams on for that purpose. Like, you know how I feel about the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay and all that. So I put them at number seven and number six. I put the Baltimore Ravens for a similar reason as you. Yeah, I like the Ravens. Baltimore's fine. It's a cool t place to you know, be a sports fan. And I really like the Ravens uniforms and colors. Uh, they're nice and spooky. I mean, they're literally named after an Edgar Allan Poe poem. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, they're cool, but the Lamar Jackson thing, if you don't think he's a top five quarterback, then I don't know what to tell you. Like he is one of the true best and he deserves a Super Bowl, just like all the other greats in the league. I wouldn't mind seeing him get one. Number five, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they're just fun to kind of have around. Like, once they're eliminated, there is a little pizzazz taken out of the NFL, I feel like. Like, you're all of a sudden out of Mahomes. No more Kelsey. The Taylor Swift story's gone. Like, I don't know. There's just all sorts of things that are erased from the NFL if the Chiefs go away. I feel like they are one of the marquee franchises in the NFL right now, and they make football just a little bit more fun. And number four, I put the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've always been a, a, a side yinzer. 
Okay, I, uh, I've i enjoyed Pittsburgh sports for a long time. I've been to Pittsburgh. I've seen what kind of like a blue-collar, hardcore city it is. Um, really love Pittsburgh. Either They'd probably find their way in the top five if we did this list for every single sport. I wholeheartedly believe if the Pirates wow. were in the playoffs, um, they would be in my top five. Because, um, you know, like you also uh, – there are probably five teams I like more than the Steelers, but they don't all make the playoffs at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I honestly think – I and the Penguins would be in the and Steelers would be in the top five, no matter what the pirates probably, but making the playoffs though, those teams don't always make playoffs. I could almost guarantee that in every sport, Pittsburgh would be in the top five. Love Pittsburgh. Number three, I put the Buffalo bills. I honestly think you tinkled your pants when they won over the weekend. And that was just a regular season win the division game. They were still going to the playoffs either way. And that's how you reacted. I want to see more of that. They are number three on my list strictly for Vinnie Parisi watching Frank Mueller (laughs) entertainment purposes. At number two, I put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, The Bucs are a team Tom played for. And the teams that Tom played for will always be my second and third favorite teams for as long as I live. Um, It's been the Bears and Tom Brady my whole life. I don't know what to do with myself now that Tom has retired. This is my first season since he was injured in 08 when I went into the playoffs once the Bears were done with, like, who the hell do I root for? It's always been easy. You know, because – once Tom's eliminated, if he ever got eliminated, it wasn't a Super Bowl year. There was only like one game left anyway, usually. So it wasn't. But this year, I am entering a playoffs with no Tom Brady or Bears. I had to do this list, and I did it with my heart. I feel like I'll always root for Tom Brady's teams, New England and Tampa Bay, for as long as I live. Um, You know, as long as they're not playing the Bears. If Tom would have played against the Bears, I probably would have rooted for Tom. But he's gone now, so it's I'm all Bears, but his former teams are forever – ingrained in my heart but this year specifically and a lot of years going forward i have a feel like because of this storyline my number one team that i'm rooting for so bad i hope they absolutely pound and pound and dog pound every opponent they play the rest of this way the cleveland browns you hate them they hate you. They're going to shove it up your hoop for the rest of the season, just like they have been all season. We were There's no way they make the playoffs. We were at timeout dummying our wings. The wings at timeout are Cleveland brown colors. That's what's so great about the if, whole if thing. If you get Buffalo wings. If you get Buffalo and wings. And then again, Buffalo haunting you when Buffalo pounds them in the playoffs. Well, they're not, they're not even really Buffalo at timeout, but that's a different argument. They're, they're just playing hot sauce. They're actually not Buffalo at all. But they are Cleveland Brown colors. The Buffalo Bills are the home of the Wings. Maybe if they play each other in the playoffs, we'll have to watch it from timeout. Um, ooh, do I love the Cleveland Browns. I have my hat here with me in Wisconsin. I've been wearing my Cleveland Browns gear. Let's go Browns. Stinky. <laughs> Utterly <laughs> stinky. <laughs> Get a real mascot. It's time for America's Favorite Pocket segment of the week. Hey. Breaking Bets. Oh, he got me that time, BP. Where's my money, bitch? I got you, bitch. 
you thought you'd be rid of the bean guarantee. I'll continue. The bean guarantee was for the third period. It was for the it third, was. but you thought it would continue for the rest of the show. And in order to do that, I called an audible and I said we'd make our picks in the breaking bet segment because you are kind of taking our betting picks here in the breaking bet segment. So, Frank, let's go through real quick before you get into and, the typical breaking and, bets and, portion. And to be fair, I don't have any NFL picks for Wild Card Weekend. There you go. So we're going to go through these them. Picks. It'll be these exactly, picks. exactly. So, Frank. The Buffalo Bills against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Buffalo Bills, I'm going with. There's just I don't see the Steelers winning with this team in Buffalo in that atmosphere in the cold. Just it's I don't see it. Fair enough. I'm actually also going to take the Buffalo Bills. I actually I'd be shocked if Pittsburgh wins. If Pittsburgh wins, though, it would be the most Pittsburgh thing of all time to like have just another mediocre season, create an upset in the first round of the playoffs. We've seen it before. Then go Steelers the rest of the way, man. If well, yeah, win. your Super Bowl hopeful is – did you do Pittsburgh first? For what? On your bias ranking, or did you do Buffalo no, first? Buffalo. You did Buffalo. That's right. That's right. Um, one of my two teams, like you said, is in the second round. Yes. Yes. Um, all my top five are going to be out first round. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's impossible because I have the Steelers and Bills. Um, all right. So, yeah, I have the Buffalo Bills. They're more talented at every position um, except coach. Uh, Kansas City versus Miami. I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, just because, like I said, the, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes thrives in these types of moments. Dolphins, prove to me, Dolphins, that you could beat a top team other than the Cowboys. This is your chance. Make a statement. Going Chiefs. I also picked the Chiefs. I think they're going to beat the Dolphins. Uh, they're more experienced. The Dolphins are a little choky, fraudy. I don't know what they're like. The Mets of the NFL. Um, they just kind of remind me of that way. I think the Chiefs are going to get it done. That was a last-second pick because I circled them both on my sheet. Um, but I'm I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, the Houston Texans versus the Cleveland Browns. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm definitely going with the Houston Texans. <laughs> This is a huge payback game for the Texans after getting blown out without CJ Stroud. This team is hungry for revenge, VP. I'm I'm going the Houston Texans. Get the Browns off my TV screen. The Cleveland Browns are going to go into Houston and destroy the Houston Texans. CJ Stroud has no clue. What's coming? He's going to look down that defense for the first time in his life. And Joe Flacco is going to be picking apart the defense. The Texans defense is okay, right? Like they were good enough to win a division. Inconsistent. Their offense is where they make their money. And their offense is the part that's going to go against the Cleveland Browns. Is it past Joe Flacco's bedtime, though? Is he allowed to stay up for the game? Uh, I think the retirement home said that he could be out late past curfew for the playoff games. Okay. That's it. He's got to be home within an hour of the, uh, within an hour of the playoff game ending though. I got the Cleveland Browns. We have our first rivalry of the bar down postseason and the NFL Cleveland versus Houston. All right. Moving over to the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys versus the green Bay Packers. I, I got to go the Dallas Cowboys. They're elite at home. Green Bay just aren't as dynamic as the Cowboys are. And if uh, if the Cowboys don't win this game, then I don't know how I ever rebound, ever like never calling them frauds again because I do think they're fraudulent. But if you lose to the Packers in a first-round playoff game, in a game you should dominate, I then it's like you kind of lose respect for the Cowboys. But I'm going with the Cowboys. Okay. Frank. 
the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Are you going, are you going Cowboys? Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought, yeah, I'm going the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys, I don't think it's going to be close. I think Green Bay is a nice story. Um, Jordan Love is a very good quarterback. They'll be back. I wouldn't be shocked if they win a Super Bowl with Jordan Love. Green Bay is a smart, good organization that does stuff like that. I understand why they were a little weird with Aaron Rodgers towards the end. He's a weirdo. I wouldn't want to be surrounded with him anymore either. Um, they move on. Green Bay, you're done. Dallas is going to win. Correct. So we move on to the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to go with the Eagles, obviously. I mean, they did lose to the Giants. They lost to the Cardinals. They lost to the Seahawks. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the 49ers. Their only win in their last six game was against the Giants that they had to squeak out. They don't look good, but I do trust them in a playoff game with more experience than Baker Mayfield and this Tampa Bay Bucs- Buccaneers team. I understand. I'm going to be so freaking mad if Tampa – like, I like Tampa. Like, I just gave over my Tom Brady soliloquy. Mm-hmm. But I'm picking Philly. I'm picking Philly. But I'm going to be livid if Tampa Bay wins because I want to pick them. <laughs> I'm so bad. The Eagles, they have looked like such dog meat over the last handful of days or weeks. Um, They've just looked so bad. And, like, you blink and they're down to the Giants bigger. Oh, like, man. What? And I and like if the uh, Buccaneers come out and score two quick touchdowns, I'm gonna be like, you idiot, Vin. You wanted to pick Tampa Bay and you didn't have the balls. I don't have the balls. That's what it is. I do not have the nads to pick against Philly in this game. I just that's don't. fair. But I should. I should, and I wish I did. It's tough though. Playoffs are a different atmosphere. It is. So I don't blame you. But Philly. All right, the last one, Frank. The Los Angeles Rams. We're gonna agree. Detroit Lions. I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams. I don't trust the Lions. I really don't. I think they're just as fraudulent as a couple other teams in the NFL. And it just, the story, I like a good story. Like you say, the Matthew Stafford making his return to Detroit. I like a good story. I could see the headlines now. This team's getting healthy. Sean McVay, like I said, you got Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, uh, freaking Cooper Cup. They're getting their chemistry back at the right time. It's going to be a scary team to play against right now. So there's a team to make a surprise in this postseason. Could be the Rams. So I'm going to choose the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Matthew Stafford going to Detroit. It's, I, think it, I think it happens. Now, if Detroit wins, if Detroit beats Stafford and they get over that hump, they didn't let the movie replay itself, then I think they could win any playoff game in the NFC. You think so? See, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, off NFC teams. I know, and I think Detroit can beat them. They have beaten them a lot this season. I think I think we're either going to see them as complete frauds or complete while wow, we underestimated them. I think there's no – I really don't see – I don't it's, uh, frauds. I don't see them beating the Rams and then losing to Philly. That's fair. I just don't see it. Um, but then again, if they played San Francisco, I probably would pick San Francisco. So then I guess that could be the case. Um, but like if they played Dallas, I think it'd be close. It was close when they played. Yeah. And Detroit should have won. It's <laughs> Detroit should have won. Should have called what it didn't. So I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But you know that that rule is bullshit. Um, and I don't think it would happen again. Um, I agree. So, yes, I could see uh, it's the Rams thing with Stafford. Like, I don't know. I You might see me pick Detroit against some of these teams if they get through the Rams, but I'm picking the Rams. So we only have one difference. Yep. 
Yep, the Cleveland Browns, your least favorite team in the NFL. Um, uh, are they? I don't know. You hate – the me thing makes you hate them more. Maybe. Yeah. Um, which is sad considering what I said, the nice things I said about the <laughs> Buffalo Bills, man. <laughs> I'm so nice and kind, and you just—you have no reason to just, hate the Bills. You just Bills poo on fun. my face. The Browns are fun. Eh. You just poo on my Get face. A mascot. You poo on my face. No, that's the coolest name in the league, dude. Get out. That is, and I hope the PWHL stays that way too. The Minnesota Green or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. All right, Frank. Get to the actual betting portion of today's show. I'm going to stand up for this one. Our first breaking bets of 2024. Well, our first team, results, first results. Yeah. Of 2024 are in two and one great, great way to start the year. The only loss was those damn Huskies. I can end up going like 50 and one and that one loss. will just always that will make you hate them more. Um, oops. This is uh, supposed to be a, just give me one sec BP, a scrolling graphic. Um, it's that one loss in the NCAA FVP. It's like the Super Bowl when I was one and three, and the one win was the Super Bowl. Well, that one loss all year because now there's no more college football till later in the year. Oh, it's, it's going to be zero and one till August. Oh no, August, and it's always going to be the Huskies. Damn it! But That's not, not a bad way to start the year, though. If you're following, you're ten dollar better. You're up twenty five bucks. If you're a hundred dollar per unit better, you're up two fifty to start the year. So let's make twenty twenty four a lot better than twenty twenty three, and uh, we'll go from there. I got three picks for you guys today. We're gonna start off in the NHL like every Wednesday. Not a lot of action. We got, but one game actually really intrigued me. It's the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers. Call me crazy, VP. But I really like I really like the Canadians' chances here to get a win on the road against the Flyers. No one has really owned each other dating back in any of their handful of matchups. The Flyers have been playing terrible. The Canadians have been playing pretty good. They got some pretty impressive wins under their belt recently. They've won two of their last three games, and those wins came against the Rangers and the Stars. I think the line is priced way too high. They're giving the Flyers way too much respect and not enough respect for this Canadians team who have proved to be pesky this year. Montreal Canadiens money line for one unit at plus 150. That is a hefty, hefty money line right there. So we're just going to dabble with the unit, but I do think they could pull this win off. Second pick, we're going to the NBA. Got the New Orleans Pelicans facing off in Golden State to play the Warriors. I like the Pelicans money line here, VP, at minus 110. Bet to win two units. I don't ever like going against the Warriors when they're at home. But I don't currently love the way this team is playing. Draymond Green suspended indefinitely. Chris Paul just had successful surgery. He'll be reevaluated in a few weeks. They lost by 15 points to the Raptors recently and recently also squeaked out a win at home. They were home against the Pistons, the 3-34 and Pistons, and they only won by like four points. They had a grind to get that win. The Warriors also dominated the first game of the year between these two teams. They won by 28 points. Once again, we got a payback game under our skins right here, VP. This talented Pelicans team wants to get revenge, and as good as this team is, they're going to want to get revenge against the Warriors on national TV. It's the national game tonight. I cannot wait for this matchup. Pelicans, they got a great team. Zion's questionable. I do think he will play. Pelicans money line at minus 110. Bet to win two units. 
that leads me to my third and final pick. Another great, great matchup. You got the North Carolina Tar Heels traveling not very far to play North Carolina State. This is a big rivalry game. I love games like this in any sport. This is going to be a fantastic game. North Carolina has the better overall talent, but don't count out DJ Horn and the Wolfpack. I like North Carolina State plus four and a half at minus 125 bet to win three units. Both teams are 11 and three. North Carolina is the ranked team, but both teams are 11 and three. Both teams are 3-0 and in conference play, and both teams are on a four-game win streak. These are the moments you look forward to in college basketball. You can expect a little taste of March Madness in these types of matchups. Something's got to give. I cannot wait. I think this giving North Carolina State four and a half points at home in a rivalry game, nonetheless, is way too much, too many points to give up. And I would not be surprised in, like I said, this rivalry game if we saw an upset. So if you're into college basketball, you want a good, entertaining night, I'd tune into ESPN for this one. Hell yeah. Love that. Absolutely love that. And while you were giving your picks, I did read a bit of breaking news that I didn't really know needed to be breaking news, but Corey Perry is eligible to return the NHL. Interesting. I didn't know that was not a thing. But There were talks about him not playing again or not returning but but like because of his choice or because of the league like he wasn't suspended he wasn't suspended or anything like that i don't think I, that i don't know no he wasn't suspended oh no, no but no no but he whatever the issue he was having was did cause him to like join some kind of like al- alcohol rehabilitation or something like that mm-hmm. right uh-huh. so yeah i guess it uh that actually makes more sense but the nasty, disgusting thing that had nothing to do with like the league or anything like that. Like that was no. that was all false. No, right. just weirdos on the internet. So like, yeah, I guess that's true. I I didn't know it needed to be said, but it did. He is um, eligible. Um, so I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, it'll be interesting. I do think he will return. He will play this season. Is my guess. This season, I don't yeah. see. I think he returns next season. Maybe he'll be old though. Part of me thinks he goes for a cup and maybe he retires. He's eligible to return, but maybe he won't return. Yeah, there's a chance. I just don't I don't know if it would have been newsworthy if he wasn't trying to return. Like I feel like he had to be told he could return because he tried to, and that's how it broke to like the Elliot Friedmans of the world that he is eligible to return. Does that make sense? Oh, I feel like 100%. I feel like there's a causality for this being news right now. Um 100%. but I, hear I don't know. Saying. This has been a very long show. We are two hours and 40 minutes into this thing, and we talked a lot about hockey. We went at each other more than usual in this episode, I feel like. Had another phone call from JP. Another phone call from JP thinks this is leisurely time to let him know when he's going to call Frankie back. It doesn't feel right calling him JP. That is just weird. I never call him JP. JP. You're just VP, and he's just J. I I get that. Like, I try to do it, and it's just, no, it's just not right. It's J. Yeah, he's J. Call from Jay, former co-host of the show. Um, always part of the fabric of the show, though, for sure. Making his surprise appearances and coming in the basement and making talking his phone calls in. Talking, he loves football. I don't. I'm not the biggest football fan. I have, but I've been to Soldier Field and Lambeau this season. Shut up, <laughs> Joey Parisi. Everybody, his appearance on the show. It's been a while since we've had a guest. I've been thinking about having a guest lately. Um, our guy Tab, love Tab, huge fan of his work. 
he responded to my tweet yesterday though. I didn't even know what to say to the point where I was like, I don't know if I respond to him just because he seems a little <laughs> he seemed a little mad at me. Uh-uh. Um when Dick say? when Dickinson scored, I tweeted a a video of the goal and I was like, Hell yeah, Dickinson, you know, why wouldn't a contender want him at the trade deadline? And he goes, Well, because he's not available. And then he put like the question mark insinuating like like how the hell could I think? Like, <laughs> like how could I, how could I think that the guy who scored 14 goals and it's his career high by five? Jason Dickinson has 14 goals this season. He had 14 goals in the previous two years combined. Why wouldn't the Hawks try to maximize on that um, that value right now? He will never be more valuable than he is at this year's trade deadline ever. He's never scored more than nine goals. Do I think you need guys like Jacob? Do I think you need guys like Jason Dickinson on your fourth line to win a Stanley Cup? Yes, I do. Do I think the Hawks need those guys right now in favor of second, third, fourth round picks? No, I also don't. I think they should try to be as stinky as possible again, especially with Bedard out. Go, That's and fair. Bedard's not even going to be part of most of these losses for the next two months. Go and when he comes back, then you could be in such a good spot lottery wise. We're like, it doesn't matter if you win. That's what I would try to do. Well, tabs matter. Yeah, the Hawks. To say. But uh, Jason Dickinson, in my opinion, is very much in play to be traded. The only veteran on the team I wouldn't trade is Nick Felino. Uh, if someone offers you a first, or a second, I would probably take it for Nick Felino. But other than that, I would keep keep Nick Felino. Try to we can't trade everybody. So people have to play games. Yeah, but I also I think there's because there's plenty of players to play. There's but DA, we're like you know. we're starting to like rebuild now. We still we don't want to go crazy. No, we're I know. Trying to get some of our pieces. And- yeah, those guys can wait till next year. When you have Nazar coming in and Del Mastro was just named to the all-star game for the ice hogs today. Uh, congrats to him. Ethan Del Mastro, yeah, very great. well-deserved that's all-star great. all-star in the AHL. That's awesome. Love the Rockford ice hogs. Um, you can sign Nick Felino for two years, make him captain and then pass it to Bedard in 2026 or 2027. Like I wholeheartedly believe that that's a good idea. Every other veteran though, get out. Give me a second. Give me a third. Fuck it. Give me a fifth. You know. Yeah, what I, mean? I don't know if I. I don't know if I agree. Well, who would you keep? I think you do keep Dickinson. Around. Uh, I can't. I can't get behind it. I only because you have to think about it from my perspective, though. I've watched the Devils do it, and I know you've watched it too. But like sometimes when you're invested, you like see the results firsthand. They traded Paul Mary, and I was like, "Are you really kidding me right now?" They have Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer, and they're ready to take the next step. And you trade Paul Mary, but and I felt so the same good. way about Blake Coleman. But they're so good off with like their picks and stuff, and like we're 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 building something nice here. I know, and I He'd think be a nice piece more. to have for the future. You can add more Dickinson. Uh, the people are overhyping Dickinson. He's having yeah, one he could be awesome a good, year. He could be like a good third liner. Never. Liner. You don't want your fourth liner to score or third liner to score nine goals. He's got fourteen right now. It's the most. Fourth, it's the most ice time he's ever had, and it's the most. You know what? I'm on Tabs bandwagon. No, got to get rid of Dickinson. You got to trade him. That's bad asset management if you don't. Yeah, and and and, and he makes you a be- a worse team by getting rid of him. For this year. And I think there's value in that too. Mm. You want one of Cole Eiserman or Macklin Celebrini. It's gonna happen point. with or without with or without him. Oh, we're there. You're, what do you mean, you're we're there. You think they're like for sure like in prime luck. Yeah, well, I I think you gotta the sharks are worse. 
we've done it once. We'll do it again. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I'm, I listen. I've seen it work so well. Uh, keeping Dickinson, he, he would score four goals next year, and people would go, "I don't get why we didn't trade him when he had 15 goals at the All Star break, and there, he was at his peak value." Like, I think it's worth the risk. I was so mad that they traded Blake Coleman and Kyle Palmieri, and then a year later, I was like, "Wait, we got who?" Out of those, if this was the first year of their rebuild. I'd agree with you, but we got to start clamping down, or you're never going to get good. If we you, just have a bunch of rookies, you are going to get good because you can sign and trade for Jason Dickinson type guys next off season, the off season after. But it's just it adds more work. You already got them. Why go through the work? It adds more work, but you you have prospects and extra picks in the pipeline as well. Do you, have you seen how many picks the Hawks have? Oh yeah, boat eventually load. you don't need a boatload. But right? you can add more, and you could trade those for better versions of Dickinson. Mm. And you know, like I honestly think it's kind of trending like Lucas Reichel is going to be like a third line center. And if he's your third line center one day, like that's amazing. If he starts pop like playing well defensively and kills penalties. People will be mad that he was a first round pick that became a third line center. But like, look at the devils with McLeod. People were mad about that at first. Now McLeod's one of the best face off defensive centers in the league. Like, I don't know. We, we just, we, it's okay that we look at it a little bit differently. I would get rid of everybody not named Nick Foligno. That's has one year or less on their contract. No, that has one year or less on their contract. Cause like you have Korchinski, you have Reichel, you have Vlasic. Um, we see what Ethan Del Mastro is doing. I think Colton Dock is outstanding. He's having a great year with the Ice Hogs. Um, obviously, they have Bedard. Um, Nazar, honestly, Nazar probably jumped Oliver Moore, who's also a good name to name, as the number two prospect in the system right now. Uh, you can't deny what he did at the World Juniors. Yeah, Oliver, was He was better than Oliver Moore for Team USA. And Oliver Moore had a reduced role. He's a younger player. Next year at the World Junior, he'll probably if he makes it, he'll probably really go off. Um, I don't know. I like stacking assets for the future. Jason Dickinson's of the world are a dime a dozen. Um, they'll find the next Jason Dickinson that's probably even better three years from now. Um, but hey, we'll see. I, I love Tab's work though. Great work. I love your work. Great work. This has been a great show. It's been a long show. Um, is there anything else you have to get off your chest before we dip out of here? I think I'm good, VP. I'll be in Wisconsin again for my next our next show. So you got me one more time in this setting. And then the next time you see me in person, I left you the last time I was in Illinois. And when I come back, you're going to be there again. It's going to be like weird. It's going to be like deja vu. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Very much looking forward to that. Frank, thank you for having such a good show with me. Everybody in the chat, it's been an absolute pleasure. Unless your name is Don Burr. I'm <laughs> kidding. We include you too. Um Make sure you have a really good weekend. There might be more snow coming along the way than more than we already have. So make sure everybody out there staying safe and make sure you listen to the rest of the shows in the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi here with Frank Mueller, the King Bean on Twitter. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>